This is Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready. We're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites. This is episode 215. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. And I'm Marcus. And I'm Cajun. <laughs> Out in the wilds of uh, Nelson County. Yes. In. yes. Frozen uh, tundra of Nelson County. Uh, the amazing... Audit uh, temperature. Arctic temperatures. Arctic temperatures have, have frozen Cajun out in the uh, Holy Land. Um, but we are, the rest of us are gathered here at Studio M. Very it's, excited. It's warm inside. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, warm and toasty. Two degrees outside, but in a yes. negative 10 wind chill, but so, here yes, we are. The rest of the fellas uh, braved the two degrees and, and made it over, but uh, it's just, it, the Holy Land is not built for this kind of weather. Well, the problem is, is not th- not so much that because you know it's not like they don't have the vehicles to get around in it, but you know, fewer cars means slushier stuff that freezes over. Yeah, yeah. and the the, mm-hmm. the twisty roads are yeah. woo doggies. Yeah, yeah. I, so you I, know, I don't envy Cajun on that twisty road he lives on. So it used to be when it got cold. Not occasionally, I'll still do this, but when I was in college and a lot cockier, what I would say when it got cold is that man, we used to go swimming in weather like this back in Michigan. Yes, yes, yes. I uh, was considering yeah. that uh, Michigan. Uh, but you know, I was just, I was sure that would come up somehow. Yes. Yeah. Well, like I said, I used to as I was getting out of the car, I thought about uh, throwing that at Martin, and then I realized, screw that. The reason the reason people from Michigan don't want to go out in weather like this is because we're too smart to go out in weather like this. Okay. That's you know we've got the experience to say this is too damn cold. We're gonna stay home in front of the fire and drink our bourbon. Instead, somebody drags I our agree. asses out. <laughs> Hey, well, that's what I his... basically said. I mean, I'm got a little older and a little wiser now. It ain't worth getting down the roads in the shape they're in, even if I was get ten miles out and they clear up good. It's just exactly. Just yeah. And anymore. technology's doing the heavy lifting here because we've got this is the first time we've ever been able to use that uh, that function on the task cam where we can go call in and plug it in. And yeah. uh, uh, kudos to Robert and to uh, to the Imperator here for making all that work. But uh, oh, sounds no, good. I've, I've found all kinds of nifty things on this and adaptations and um so using this uh we could theoretically uh, have an unlimited number of callers because as long as we have uh you know a group call which you can do like if we did yeah. facetime mm-hmm. instead of uh, well, which, you, you can do facetime if you've got the right. computer you just yeah it goes straight in uh so even though there are four hard mic yes. out, uh, inputs, which are fantastic. Oh, yeah. They're you know, great. Fantastic. Here, yeah. Uh, you know, we've been doing the splitter with the... Uh, uh, with the, the booster for me. Splitter. Uh, the preamp. Splitter. I'm sorry, I couldn't let that one pass. Uh, just in-house, we can handle at least six, and we could probably do ten in total with splitters. Right. Well, we have done six. We have done six. We have, yeah. Uh, in, in, live, in person. That's right. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, and then and we've got the uh, you know the the capability through a computer or through your phone for Zoom or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could absolutely feed a oh yeah know, a we, full meeting. Uh, always working to make it better. Zoom, for you whatever you could oh, yeah. you could feed right in mm-hmm. and have yeah like you said unlimited participants essentially. Oh yeah, right, right, exactly. No, no, this this thing is big. So I, I sense a snakes and otters game show or something in our. <laughs> No, I, I, live from I, New York. It's <laughs> snakes and otters. I, I sense that we need to start approaching some interesting yes, guests. Absolutely. We, we had always done no guests, no guests. Oh, yeah, but I, I think we're at a spot where we could. 
Oh, the do some interesting guests in yeah. person or if they prefer by phone. If well, we definitely person. need to get Mr. Fonte. Uh, yes, Bourbon Scout. Yeah, Absolutely. Bourbon Scout, yes. Yes, yeah. so we need to approach Bourbon Scout, and we could even come to him. Apparently, he's got a whole new veranda at his yes. place there. He, yes. he redid mm-hmm. the the backyard. It's been although on we really have to work around his schedule. That man is traveling he's, all because he's, he's, he's an busy. ambassador. Sure. Yeah. 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 He is, which he takes very seriously. Which yes. he does. Yes. He's a busy some bitch. Yes, and he's you know there there is a program that where you can become a bourbon ambassador. You, know, you learn about it, and it, it's actually a few hundred dollars to go through the program. And yeah. it, uh, I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, perhaps uh, the, the been, one programs I think is like fifteen hundred bucks a seat. Well, yeah, that's a little bit different. Yes, that's, that's yeah. the whole week long. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Stave and Thief. You yes, get Stave the challenge and going. Well, uh, that's a Stave and Thief makes you quote unquote a distiller. If I remember, no, that's a whole other that's a whole other jump up program where okay. yes, they will that's... teach you craft distilling, but the one that they run that's more like for the people in the hospitality business mm. or, or people that just want to get into it is is a little okay. Like a week I didn't away. realize they did both. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he is a uh, employee of the distillery. Yes. So he's yes. not just one of these. Limestone branch. Oh, it is of limestone. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, he is not just one of these guys that's gone out and, and taken the classes and learned everything. He actually works for them as a paid brand ambassador. Uh, and he's very good at it, too. Yellowstone, yeah, one of our favorites. Absolutely. Limestone's with, great. Uh, uh, the master you... distiller is Stephen Beam. That's right. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Yes, Cajun and I have bottles signed by him. Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. Uh-huh. And of course, he is a distant relative of Francis. That is correct. <laughs> you guys are Who never going to... You're going to never let me forget that uh, conversation we had at Bourbon Fest. <laughs> that's I awesome. told my wife about that, and she extended to you all the flying finger of friendship. I'll oh, wow. You know that. Okay. I-, I thought for a second she was going to commiserate with oh, us. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, it, it was, She's it waving was awesome. one finger at a time. That's right. So One finger at a time. All right. So anyway, uh, excellent preamble to explain our situation, but I am thrilled to have the fellas, even in two-degree weather, uh, here at Studio M. Mm-hmm. Um, it warms my heart to have you here. Well, I'm glad something's getting warm. Mm-hmm. Yes, my, now, my I, friends I, are here. Now, right I have to ask. There warm out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, my thought was, hmm. If this were being hosted at my place, wouldn't Martin be getting his butt out on the highway at, at two degree weather? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would have. I'm very confident about uh, big streets. It's just the neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, mine. I've got no problem with my my entire street, all the way both ends is completely. That's because all that immoral gambling money. Yeah, that ga- that gambling money does help because my well, and, well, like my my property taxes yeah. are nil. UPS helps where where you live, uh, uh, yeah. Because they have not in the high, not in the the subdivision, but yes, yes. Uh, the, yeah. the the main road leading to your subdivision is close to some UPS facilities. Yes. Well, and yeah, the, yeah, all the warehousing on National Turnpike and all that. Is, oh yeah, absolutely. There's tons yeah. and tons of yes. major business. And, Cisco's and there. Basically, I mean, you got to have that stuff. Yeah, clear. UPS tells the city and the state, we'll just pack up and move. Keep the streets clear. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't have to be here. Yeah. No, I mean it's very advantageous oh. to be here. Louisville and Nashville are the uh, the yeah. two. As long as we clubs. don't dick them over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Stop that's being the thing. cheap. They, yeah. They've told them, keep the streets clear because we have to stay open. Um, mm-hmm. But keeping like the uh, the aircraft maintenance here is huge bucks. Oh the yeah. City. So they they they've got to they got to make UPS happy. Well, and there is you know not to to say that uh, UPS is a you know, 
being a dick about it, pardon my French. Oh no, they're just being uh, very because they, they they are. There's also yeah. a, a little bit of give and take there because I don't know if this is still true, but when they first started here, the uh, de-icer that they had for the UPS planes was also used for the commercial aircraft uh, when needed. Yeah. So it's not like they were just coming in and, and dictating terms. There was a little bit of give and take. I'll give them that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's been a good business relationship yeah. between the community. I mean, it's just and realism. They have to stay open. They have to sort the packages. That's right. Actually, they are getting ready to close a lot of that. On February 13th, the day shift is gone. And at night, they are basically almost to the point where the only thing they use humans for is unloading the cans and then loading the cans back up. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah, everything's else automated. is automated yeah, they're, now. They're, yeah, they're, it's, the it's been a slow creep to that area. But, uh-huh. uh, and, in, and, and many labor unions have you know, bemoaned that, not just in this industry, but in, oh, yeah. all over the place. But the, the drivers are still here. That's a big deal. They still, they yep. still have some drivers. Um, uh, and and the, it is the U.S. hub. Yeah, it, it is the main hub, and so yeah. the pilots are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sec- secondaries are on to- oh, yeah, Ontario, and, California, and Philadelphia, PA. Uh, they also have an Alaska area, too. A lot, a lot of the guys here have transferred up there mm-hmm. at different yeah. points. Uh, but, one of my brother-in-laws was flight engineer. Ah. So uh, I, I know, obviously, you know, uh, Rabbit Hole needs to be our uh, uh our sponsor, because yes. I'm going to take us down we haven't, one. E- we haven't even got to the subject yet. Yes, we don't. We haven't even announced what it is yet. I was trying to get there, and then I ramp a hold myself again. You did. So, <laughs> uh, Francis mentioning Alaska uh, made me think of uh, uh, a meme that uh, uh, the, the good pastor had uh, yes. made a comment. I don't know if you saw it, Francis, because I know... Uh, not, uh, not remembering mm-hmm. it, but... You both are, are friends with him on Facebook, uh, yeah. Martin and Francis. I don't know, are you friends with him on Facebook? Yeah, in Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he right. often comments. Oh yes, they, oh yes, yes, true. yes, yes. Uh, anyways, it's one where he comments on the uh, you know some people want this, which is U.S. continental oh, yeah. U.S. Alaska and Hawaii all in blue. Some people want this, and then it's continental U.S. Uh, Alaska and Hawaii all in red. I want this, and then it's continental Alaska with a flag background. And his response was, "So oh, no. you want to eliminate Hawaii and Alaska?" Hmm. To which I responded, well, yeah, one used to be Russian. We know they're all just a bunch of commie bastards, and the other represents colonial uh, domination of indigenous people. So, yeah, both got to go. That way it satisfies both the left and the right. Interesting. That's, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, on to the topic. <laughs> on to the topic. Skip a bit, brother. I thought it was funnier than that. but So this is our, our second in... Uh, the director series that we're taking on. I don't know if I want to call it a great director series, but interesting directors, directors that mean something to us. And then it's Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's just more, and it's, he's somebody that we really, I'm surprised took us so long to get here yes, because yes. we all are big fans of him. And he's more than just a director. Yes. And, but I do want to focus this episode primarily on his directing career. Yeah. But they intertwine because he rarely appears in a film not that he any, didn't direct. Not anymore. Yeah, I mean, there was a time, of course, but uh, um, he's dire- he's appeared in over about fifty eight movies and he's directed about forty. Well, the other the, one of the other reasons he's he's you know that helps him with the getting the directing jobs is pretty much everything he's done uh, probably in the past 20, 30 years 
has been through Malpaso Productions, which is his that's production his. company. That's his production that's company. company. So, he yeah, formed he, that in, I think it's like 68, something, something like that. Right, yeah. Um, and essentially has been directing since the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one notable exception, he uh, in the line of fire with John Malkovich, I know was directed by Wolfgang Peterson. That was well, a, yeah, he that was a rare, great, a rare great pick. Yeah, good he film. Would, he would still do some of that through the 70s and 80s, but pretty much after Unforgiven, no way. Yeah, uh, he he mm-hmm. he would. Yeah. Not, that's not to say he always starred in what he directed. He did quite no. a few that he wasn't he, in. Yes, yeah. there's been films that he did not appear in that he did direct. Yeah, but generally since the early '70s, it is very rare for him to appear. Well, he he in a would film still produce, not, not always direct. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah. mostly yeah, production stuff. Um, his uh, directorial debut, Play yep. Misty for Play Me, Misty for Me. That's 1971 right. 1971 with Jessica Walter. He plays uh-huh. a DJ being stalked by. A psychotic, right? Kind of a preamble to uh, Michael Douglas in that film, a little bit. Basic Instinct. Basic. In, uh, no. no, 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 no. Um, I'm thinking of a different one. Yeah, Fatal Attraction. Fatal, Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Yeah, there's Attraction, a, there's a little yes. bit of that in there. Yeah, very similar uh, style film, um, and of course his notable uh, interest in jazz music uh, factors into mm-hmm. that. He is a jazz DJ. Mm-hmm. Part of the film uh, filmed at the Monterey Jazz Festival. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he's very famous for essentially ordering the producer to fire the director on yes. Josie Wales yeah. so and he could take over, take over himself. Yeah. Josie Which and he Wales. considers that one of his greatest directorial triumphs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that is a film that is still something that resonates uh, now, 1976, so moving right. up on 50 years. It, was, it uh-huh. didn't get the accolades that Unforgiven got. But it's certainly, many people think that is his finest Western and possibly his finest work. It's not the one he's most proud of. The one he's most proud of as a director are are the two, uh, the, the bookend books, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima and Flags of Our Fathers. Uh, that he mm-hmm. considers that mm-hmm. yes. his, his greatest Those work. Those are fairly recent. Yeah, 06, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, i got to say, well, as far as Westerns go, to me, it's awful Awful damn hard to beat Unforgiven. Uh, oh, it is. There's it no is. question. It is a uh, great. To me, movie. I would I would say that's the greatest of his western because there to, to use Martin's uh, one of his favorite words. So much pathos in. Oh yeah, in that. yeah. I mean it was. It's full of it. I mean mm-hmm. there's just so much raw emotion and dealing with so many different moral topics. Right. Absolutely. Of the time and he got outstanding performances out of some very heavyweight big yes. time actors. Uh, Gene Hackman. It's one of Gene Hackman's best roles. Right. Yeah. Richard Harris. Fantastic. He was just a oh. small role, but it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's a he fantastic was a fantastic actor anyway. Yeah. Uh, and this is, I mean, Richard Harris is like older than dirt in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, he st- and he still pulls it off. Always. Yeah. You know, English Bob. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman, of course. You know, and, and Gene Hackman is, he's one of those guys that's still out there. He's pretty much retired from performing. He is, yeah. Um, but when you look over Gene Hackman's career, mm-hmm. it's like, Wow, these are good movies. Mm-hmm. I know that it might be somebody we'd consider doing an episode on. Um, he, he did such great stuff. Yeah, and so to you know to and get to have gotten one of his best performances is really a nice, you know, it's a mark of a of a really great film and well directed film. Exactly, and and that's the thing about that. It, you know, people can say, oh well, of course he had an easy time with that. Look at the talent. No, no, no that's exactly the opposite. Right. That you have to take out of that because when you have names like that. Guys that are just like him, used to having a lot of pull and say oh, yeah, in right, what yeah. goes on. Yeah, uh, for him to be able to meld that into that that performance. And Morgan Freeman. 
Yeah, absolutely. At, at the height of Morgan Freeman's career, essentially. Uh, well, I mean, the man's like you know a year younger than God. I don't know if that, <laughs> so. He's been around forever, and, he, and he's still working. Absolutely. And he's still working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Clint Eastwood is still directing. He, I mean, as of this recording, he's directing a movie uh, uh, that's going to be released later this year. Uh, Nicholas Holt Juror is in it. Juror number two. Hey, thank you. That's uh, I had it looked up a minute. What was ago. that? Juror number two. Juror number two. Okay. Yeah, that's that's thank his next Jason. one that he's still working on for Warner Brothers again, which is almost surprising because they had a little you know tit back you know snit back falling and forth. out. Yeah. Yeah, because and I get it. David Zosloff comes in and he says, you know, why did anybody greenlight the last movie Clint made, Cry Macho, because it it failed box office wise. I watched it. I liked it. Cajun, you saw it, too, didn't you, I think? I did. It didn't impress me. Now, his most impressive film to me in these last few years was Gran Torino. Yeah, I knew you were going to say I that. Mean, it's, it's Himself, he directed with pretty much a nobody cast. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was mean, a great movie. All nobodies that he pulled in. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was a fantastic movie. It was kind of the first of his movies that he, from that point forward, he's always played the mean old guy uh that's that's got whatever problems he's got yeah. uh, and which i get it that's kind of who he it's where he's at that's what he's gonna have to play uh but uh, again gran torino is one that is awful hard to beat that's probably he, he the picks, last one that got huge notices that's correct yeah, that yeah. i mean was, he's he's done very... some since then you know he the mule i saw it meh it didn't cry macho it was good you know it was, it, was, it was but it wasn't up to that level i mean uh and I know that uh, Warner Brothers and he apparently they they resolve their differences because they greenlit this new movie, uh, but then again he's not starring in it; he's just directing it. And yeah. his oh. and his directing ability, which is something we want to focus on. Yes, I want to talk about one that. of the reasons he has done. You know, he's directed over forty movies is because Clint is always on, under budget and on time. Every single time he's never not been. And it's almost to the point where some of the folks that he works with, he's saying, well, "Why do you want to do that again?" Matt Damon is famous for saying, I want to do that scene again. I didn't like the way it is. What do you mean you didn't give your best? It's in the can. It's good. Fine. Let's go. Yeah, you did, did fine. Yeah. Uh, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't F around. No. You know, one take, boom, we're done. Let's course, move on. Nowadays, you know, doing it a, a million takes yeah. costs no money. Well, that's true. Other that's, than time. Well, that, and, that's what, and that's one of the well, reasons yeah, that he, because you got to pay yeah. all the people to be there. Right. But, that. I mean, as far as, you know, in the can, that, that's, that's meaningless now because right, it's yeah. digital. But, yeah. yeah. And actually, nowadays, I mean, if you, He's uh, he doesn't do the you know the the big box office blockbuster kind of BS. He's not a Michael Bay. He's yeah. not doing. Yeah, he, he's yeah. not. No, no, doing his, stuff. He, he, yeah. he picks and chooses, of course, you know, and he goes for that story, which I think is very what, personal. Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons that study. Gran Torino was yeah. so damn good is because it was the story. Well, that's. It, if you're not doing a blockbuster, you have to do a story. Well, yeah, so I, I would agree I mean, with that. You know, it, it's that's a commentary on our society. It is. It right is. There. Yeah, because um, you can get away with no story if it's got all the. If bills. it's got enough explosions and enough TNA, you can get away with anything. Wow, how far we've fallen. You're right. Well, I mean, that's always been true. I mean, if you, when you think about the big block, I mean, you look at the 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 biblical epics. Yeah. You know, 
I don't want to say there's no story there because obviously there is. I don't want to say that a biblical movie doesn't have a story. Right, yeah. But I mean, it's it's an epic for a reason. It's the visuals. It's just not big explosions. Right. You know, in other words, you know, the, the parting of the Red Sea and the Ten Commandments was still it was its own blockbuster in that mm-hmm. time. Right. Yeah. Right. It just so happened that at the time, you know, they were willing to take those kind of stories and do them. You know, not although, you know, they they did a Moses movie not that long ago. So yeah, it's it, not like that stuff it, can't it, get done, but it it's does, not likely to get done. Well, it's, it's, it's not major studio stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there are a number of smaller uh, studios for the different religions, basically. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're, doing, yeah. they're putting out a lot of movies. Well, Angel Studio is one, the one that's done The Chosen. Mm-hmm. The, their production value is amazing. I don't know if you all watched it. I'm sure, Robert, you probably have. I have not. You should. It's 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 so well done. It's a, mm-hmm. Because it's taking the time. One of my always complaints was, is when you're doing gospel, when you're showing that stuff, you never have enough canvas to, pa- to paint on. When this, when you've got three seasons and you're still maybe only halfway through that story, mm-hmm. if that... You're you're giving space to breathe for something that deserves it. Even the greatest story ever told, which I think is still one of the standards of biblical movies, you know, for, especially for the gospel story, you had to cram everything into about three hours. Yeah, and, and it was great. It was good, but it was like, how much did you leave out? Well, <sighs> uh, yeah, they're like, I mean, most, most what that's one of the things college professors and high school professors disdain is when a movie's covering a book. Yeah. And instead of reading the book, the students just watch the movie, uh-huh. and they don't realize that that's not the same damn <laughs> it's, text. It's, it, it, you can't well, be. Especially it's nowadays. Yeah. You have you know, to, there was like a time when movies were more faithful to books. Well, not you, 100%. No, no. Because you, you almost you can't. can't be. But the thing with the biblical epics, though, there was a time you could get away with doing a condensed version yeah. of the yeah. Gospels because... Everybody knew the stories. Yeah. Uh-huh. Aha. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the think cl- about the that. Oh, yeah. Millennials and Gen Z, and a good number of us Gen Xers, just you know, we didn't. They didn't go to church like like the parents did, and the grandparents mm-hmm. did. Yeah. So they are only in very broad strokes going to. Right. They'll know the cultural touchstones like. Um, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll know that. Are they going to know the story behind it? Probably no. not. No idea. Right. Absolutely. They, they'll, know, so, they'll know the, um, well, the 30 like seconds. Well, thing, you know, if the Catholic needs an answer to a Bible question, you call up your local Baptist. <laughs> well, there's some truth to that. That's great. Because yeah. Well, you know, Cajun. that's if you want the, the chapter and verse. That's the wrong that's, Bible. That's, well, there's, yeah, <laughs> well, that too. We could talk on that yeah. one too, yeah. Uh, well, it depends. If you want a New Testament, it's okay because I got the same books there. Well, but they yeah, well, the same text. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So um, that brings me around again to Clint. And again, he's the, the current technology and the current way that mm-hmm. you can raise funds online yes. leads to that kind of idea of a guerrilla filmmaker. And in a way, Clint's the originator of guerrilla yeah, filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, his mentors, he had two primary mentors, Don Siegel yeah. uh, and Sergio Leone. Yes. Uh-huh. And Spaghetti Western. He was driven into directing because he just doesn't like having his time wasted. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, that, and that's actually right, yeah. like you said. He what got tired of fiddling on, around yeah. with other directors and said, well, I can do this, and I can do it on time and on budget. And like you said, he doesn't – he's he's an actor's director, yeah, but he doesn't coddle. No, no. He's like, 
you did a great performance. Let's move on. You, you don't you don't need to do this ten more times. We're good. Yeah. He is the director version of Charlton Heston. I think in many ways because mm-hmm. he's a professional in yeah. everything he does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And while he is probably very much a, you know, not a perfectionist in the sense that, like you're saying, that works. We like don't have co- to keep doing it. Like a Kubrick would be who but, over right. and over and over again. But he's, the, both are the kind of guys that are, are, are so professional, they're going to come prepared on day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you remember out of the, the Charlton Heston book, every movie that he did, he got a voice coach for because he wanted to get the voice right. Now, honestly... I don't see a whole lot of difference <laughs> in, yeah. you know, well, in the way he's speaking in most of them. Well, he still sounds uh, like Chuck, but he still right. sounds like Chuck. Well, no. But still, that's his level of preparation. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, and if Charlton Heston had wanted to be a director, I think he would have ended up being the same kind of uh, approach, you know, yeah. on time, under budget, and let's get this thing done. Yeah, very, and, uh, and professional. Get the most out of everybody involved. That's right. Yeah. So. Uh, Don Siegel was a contract director mm-hmm. rather than, you, you know, the okay. nowadays, of course, you're always independent. But back in the day, a studio yeah, had a stable had their, of directors yeah. to make their films. And you and didn't so cross it, over as a general. Right. Role. So it became important to, if you didn't want to, you know, lose your ass, you, you'd better get it in on time. You'd better get it in under budget because that's all the money you were getting. Yeah. And, you know, it became that auteur thing when, when directors became artists <laughs> that allowed them to blow the budgets well, up. Well, Spielberg oh, had a little yeah. to do with that yeah. with Jaws. Well, Michael uh, Tomino, is that how you pronounce his name? In, uh, well, he famously had the Deer Hunter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. that worked. And then, of course, Heaven's Gate was a disaster. That's because right, because that was 30 million kind of over the reaction back crazy number. Yeah, because yeah. you know, Jaws was famously, I mean, they almost pulled the plug on Spielberg numerous yeah. times, yeah. And, he, and he was able to get it in the can because they'd invested so much of it. Yeah. And, of course, it's one of the biggest movies in history. It, right, and, of course, yeah. all of that same time is is when that studio piece is being overturned there in the over, early 70s, yep. and they're giving these directors all of this leeway. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you know, it works. Coppola sometimes famously got a ton of leeway, but he, you know, he Produced the well, that, well, absolutely because you know, you know uh, the Godfather a was a, was almost didn't happen, and, and that's the only way he made Apocalypse now is because of the Godfather's yeah. enormous success. Uh, because that you know you want to talk about famous for overrunning you know and yeah. some of that wasn't mm-hmm. Coppola's fault but you know yeah we'll, we'll talk well, about if it. you're the films if, all delivered yeah if yeah. your name is at the both the director and the producer yeah. It's all your fault. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> so d- you can't say it wasn't it wasn't well, all of his fault. Monsoon standing, notwithstanding, because they they literally well, lost like two months worth of shooting because all their sets were destroyed in a monsoon uh, when they that's were. That's poor planning. That's yeah. choices. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, there is a monsoon season. Well, oh yeah, yeah. There's uh, yeah. It's a. But that's we could talk forever on that one, and yeah, we will because we're going to talk this, about Copeland in one of these this episodes. Is where Clint, of course, learned this again. Mm-hmm. Siegel is a contract director; he doesn't get that kind of leeway. Well, that's they, right. Yeah, they're not going to give him all of that leash, so he's that's ingrained in 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 uh, Siegel, mm-hmm. and he he transfers that lesson to to Eastwood. When yeah. uh, Burt Reynolds tells a story, and they were both apparently contract, you know, going for a contract actor actors thing. For Universal back in the day, yeah, yep. and Burt Reynolds tells this story about how he's they both get called in, 
and uh, whoever it was at Universal talk, was talking to Clint and said, look, you know, we're going to have to fire you. Well, why? He goes, well, you've got that chipped tooth that you're not going to get fixed. Your chin sticks out to here. And you, you, you talk too slow. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. You know, just kind of sulks. And then Burt Reynolds goes, well, then why the hell are you firing me? And they look at him and go, well, because you can't act. <laughs> <laughs> and then Burt says he, was walk he walk went walking with Clint, and they went to go get a beer afterwards. Yeah, they were famous friends, yeah. yeah. And they're sit sitting there talking, and, uh, you know, Burt looks up, and, and he's like, you know, Clint, you're really just screwed, aren't you? He goes, what, what, that, what, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, I can always learn to act, but you're always going to look like this. <laughs> uh, and he talks about, you know, how he thinks Clint only knows like 12 words. Uh, <laughs> and such. So, yeah, you could tell they're good friends. Yeah, they it's, made City yeah. Heat together, which actually was a fun movie. Mm -hmm. Didn't do that well, but it was, it was, it was, a you could, it, it, it laid into that very thing. Because oh, yeah. They, they each played sort of kind of themselves. Mm -hmm. And by that time in the middle, late 80s, you know, they were set in stone. Oh yeah, they Those were type of characters that they that they would play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, when you when you boil it down, uh, <coughs> when you get to to have been in so many movies, yeah, uh, and you gravitate towards certain things because you know, Clint never did a space opera. No, you know, no. Uh, no. He's he, he did he, do that gay porn movie. <laughs> space Cowboys was the closest he got to that. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, but it still wasn't a space opera. Correct. Yeah, it, right. you know, yeah. it wasn't a Star Wars. It wasn't anything like no, that. Oh, yeah. And, and he's often uh, no. tons of stuff. But, you know, you even in the choices you make, you're going to start pigeonholing yourself. Oh, yeah. So, and, and whether he realizes he did or not, or just because, look, this is the kind of thing I'm comfortable playing, doesn't matter because he was damn good at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, he, he makes a comment uh, about when he took when he did his you know the the first spaghetti western you know fistful of dollars yeah. for Sergio Leone yeah. uh, in Italy of all things the only thing he'd really done at that point was rawhide mm -hmm. and he says I did not want to get stuck playing because I've been playing the white hat uh, hero guy all this time and he says I really didn't want that he anymore to play there's different. no depth to that and that's why he he and Leone together that's why they were such great partnership created his man with no name even though i mean the cigar clint didn't smoke but that, that was leone's contribution yeah, that, to that try and part of the mask of the, and the mask no exactly name. is the word that they used on that mm -hmm. so to try and create something and that's when you realize wait a minute this guy really does have some serious range uh with minimal dialogue in, in all in all three of those movies it was the movement yeah the way he moved in those three films uh -huh. was the character very much so. And that's well, yes. I mean, that's that's one of the things movement. that that uh, again, it's the attention to craft yeah. that that like Heston does with did with his acting and yeah. how he did. And he all the details have to be right, and whether it's he voice or movement. It was Leone that taught him a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although so, he brought his own uh, genius to that as well. I really wished he had gone ahead and done the fourth one, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. He was originally supposed to play in that uh, for Leone. 
but he did. He by the time he'd done three, he said, "No, nah, I don't want to do four. I don't mind doing westerns, but I, I don't. I want to branch out." He was always concerned about doing something different. And, and by that time, he was ready to move into again directing his own. Yeah, because you were just uh, a few years shy of of when he did. Uh, uh, he did play Misty for me. Yeah. Uh, so play that. Misty for me is seventy one. Yeah. Uh, High Plains Drifter is seventy three. That's his first Western he directed himself in. And, whoa, that's still High one Plains of the... High Plains is a great film. And then, again, he, he fires uh, Philip Kaufman, I think it is, off of Josie Wales and takes over directing Josie Wales in 76. No, but, you know, he, he does which, so which, many in, in between there, too, because yeah. he's done he does Kelly's Heroes. He does Where yeah. Eagles Dare. He does uh, Joe Kidd, Coogan's Bluff, Two right. Mules for Sister Sarah. All these in just a matter of few. Uh, Dirty Harry. We haven't even talked about yeah, Dirty, Dirty Harry. Yeah, Dirty Harry's 71. Yeah. But, uh, again, he's not directing himself no. in, in yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't direct right, any, but, any but, of the Dirty Harry. Yeah, Francis' point though is he's busy. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, so, he's he's a he's bankable star yeah. at this point, so he can pick and choose, and it's you know it's it's worth looking at some of the projects he chooses and some he turns down. Do you know he was scheduled originally to play Two Face in the fourth season of Batman? If oh. it, but it didn't happen. He, he was, was offered a, Willard in Apocalypse Now. Yes, he was. <laughs> uh, he was. Uh, he he and Burt Reynolds were both considered for James Bond. Uh, believe it or not, yeah, they, yeah. they they told broccoli no, uh, uh, no, no, no Americans, no cubby, uh, which is which is well, only Eastwood turned it down. Which is, yeah, only, Eastwood only actually was offered it and turned it down. Yeah. Uh, Burt Reynolds was considered, and John Gavin was considered. Yeah, uh, who was? He, he, but you know, yeah, all the American actors told cubby broccoli no. Yeah. Well, you see the the ironic the ironic thing about that is the first filmed um, James Bond. James Bond was the one who worked for the CIA. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Casino Royale in the fifties. Fifties, uh, yes. Yeah, with uh, uh, Barry 50s. Nelson. Yeah, yeah 50s. it was. A, I believe yeah. it was that movie six. that no one likes to talk about. Yeah, well, it, it was yeah, a. It was, a it was a TV special. It was a TV special. Is what yeah. it was. It's not bad. No, it's actually no, it's, it's actually pretty faithful to the book, because I mean, Casino Royale was written in fifty three, and yeah. this is like four years later that they're actually filming yeah. it, which was something to be said because yeah. Bond really wasn't anything at that point. Exactly, it was just another property, and it it worked okay, but you know. Barry Nelson, he played him in American accent. He plays him as American. Yeah, and uh, it, it it turned out real. The the good part about that was it was live TV. Oh yeah, so it was, yeah. it was done basically as a play. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I I really enjoy those because the actors really get to show their stuff much when so. you don't get retakes. Right. Oh yeah. yeah but Peter yeah. Laurie played the villain. Lashif. He did, he did yeah. a wonderful job. With yeah, it. he did. Peter Laurie is just a national treasure. Yes, he was. Yeah, yes, he was. very much so. I mean, he he was just phenomenal in so many things. And and, and he he could do so many different things too. I mean, mm-hmm. he was in the movie of Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. It was a yes. role, but you know, it's it was just he he oh, was yeah. a good guy there. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. a villain. He could do many things. I, I, oh, yeah. my, my favorite part, just because it's it's one of my favorite uh, movies, is his part in in uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. Yeah, uh, when he plays the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just, I mean he, he's just such a wonderful, wonderful character actor. Absolutely, uh, just so many, so many good things. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a good spot to stop. So and let's do Robert, if you would please, uh, because after this, I want to I want to get back to. Bourbon break. Yeah, I want to get back to Eastwood's relationship with the actors. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I got something I want to bring up, too. Oh, excellent. So, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anyways, excellent. bourbon break. So I want to go, I want to hand this off to Cajun first and get his. Yes, uh, Cajun, you, you need to speak up more. So we are, I insisted that the fellas all uh, try Baker 7. This is the first time we've had Baker's 7-year-old uh, on the show. Um, and... Uh, so far, my impression is I love it. 
Okay. But I, I want to get Cajun's, uh, he, since he has the most uh, advanced palate of all of us, I think. Uh, let's let's get his impressions first. Uh, I don't know if I go that way, but uh, well, let's make a note here. We're looking at about a seven-year, almost eight-year-old product here. That's seventy-seven percent corn, thirteen percent rye, and ten percent malted barley. Now, the malted barley is adding a lot of sweetness to it. Yep. It's yeah, that's what I'm picking caramel. up too. You can get some vanilla, bacon spices in there. Yep. Yeah, and it's very smooth for 107 proof. Oh hell yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm drinking it. I think we're all all up here anyway. We're drinking it over ice, and it is amazingly smooth. Usually, that when you get into that higher proof, there the burn is there, but there's none of well, that. Well, there is that initially. I, I'm uh, not even doing it over ice. I'm drinking it sneak at the moment. Oh, well, so your your experience hey, would be different then. Um, you know, this is one that. Um, uh, Again, you know, we all know we we've talked about it a million times the you know the ice and the water uh, really does transform the bourbon. Uh, that first sip, um, when it was still uh, very little uh, melting, it happened. Uh, you know, it it wasn't real harsh in the mouth. I mean, you still get that ethanol taste. Uh, you know, the first drink of bourbon, especially the first one of the day, is always going to be a little bit. I mean, yes, rough. You, you know, it's bourbon. Yes, but. But yeah, it wasn't, it was, yeah, it was very like smooth. it wasn't as as harsh as the 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 old granddad 114 was <laughs> straight. I mean, that, I think I, I still have not gotten oh, around to it. I, right, right. Or even the bookers, but the bookers though, you can still tell what's going to come I mean, once that, that, that opens that up. Old granddad 114 will straighten your eyelashes on you. Well, I, you know, I'm yeah. really looking forward to that uh, over ice. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. Um, because I've seen in several places, matter of fact, one of the articles that um, the Imperator for- forwarded, uh, one of the bartenders listed that as one mm. of the most underrated bourbons yeah. out there. Yeah, I read yeah. that. Yeah, um, we've had that. That's good it's, stuff. It's, yeah. it's very well thought of. Yeah. 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 But it is. It's just, it's definitely not. But, anyways. But it, you got to set your feet before you have some of that. You do. You well, need it's to like get the old Forrester Prohibition style at 120 proof. Yeah, yes. burning your eyelashes is probably a good way of yeah. yeah mm-hmm. But anyways, it'll uncurl your eyelashes. On yeah, you. yeah. This, uh, but hair you definitely get nipples. some nice sweetness uh, in the mouth, uh, especially yes. before mm-hmm. the ice is. But the uh, the very nice uh, round ice ball that mm-hmm. uh, Martin has provided. Um, I have big balls. Well, ice balls, anyways. Ice balls. <clears throat> anyways, and he's providing them. And he, yes, he is sharing his balls, people. He is sharing his balls in your mouth. You said, "Oh God, uh, yes. no, it has not touched my mouth." I, I, I don't put, think he could get it in his mouth. I've put my big balls in your <laughs> bourbon. Um, you know, as large as that is, you may want to see a doctor because that, that just ain't normal. Yeah, that might be a little <laughs> bit of a uh, yeah swollen and extended. Elephantitis going on there. No, I could be. They, they don't get used for much, so you know. Now, one of the pro- bit, one of the problems please. I had when I was dying was which time? Which time? That's which what time? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The main time the that main, he was dying. Well, the yeah. big time. Yeah. Uh, one of one of mine swelled up to the size of a cantaloupe. Those are visuals. I, I'm not oh, even. Man, I, yeah, just, I, let's skip I, it, I'm just man. not even going to go there. Very difficult on you, but yeah, uh, anyways, what I was going to say. Thanks for sharing. Yes, <laughs> thanks for sharing. Um, I find that uh, too much ice is. This has got a very uh, uh, straight out of the bottle, a very nice amber, uh, slightly gold to amber. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it is dark. It is uh, again been yeah. in the barrel seven years. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not so dark that it's you know like. It's, it's not, not as dark as, as many, but it's. I, I would yeah. call this in the middle. Um, yeah. But it's yeah. a very rich color. Yeah. But now that the ice has melted enough, it's very much a a light gold. Light gold. Yeah. And a, hel- it is, a healthy urine color. It is too 
much ice in this now because it has diluted the flavor um, oh. too much. This is one of those bourbons where uh, the while it does open up, to me, uh, the ice melted so much that it... Yeah, it ju- it, it, maybe you just need to drink it faster. It just, it just, well, that could be too, but you well, know... Because yes. I'm done. It just really, done. I, say, I, I didn't touch mine until just now, and you know, you fixed it 30 minutes ago, so it's... I don't know that it's been that long ago, but I've noticed that the it's eaten the ice out of all the cups. It has, yes. I mean, it's a, a surprise yeah. to see it do that. Well, that's partially yeah. the ice. I, Francis, you should have hit it as uh, early. Uh, again, the, the flavor, to me, it, it was very rich. Yes, early not, on. Yet yes. not harsh. Right. Um, it, it was not medicine-y. No, no, it didn't do no. that. It, no, it not was, at all. As, as Cajun mentioned it, you know, kind of this caramel vanilla. Um, oaky. There's oaky in there. It, there's a little Absolutely. bit of oak. Absolutely. There's yeah, a little bit of oak it, on the finish. And, like a little bit of pepper. I mean, the ra- little bit of rye. That's the rye. That, yeah, you get a, just a teensy it. bit of that, though. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys it's usually It's very baking like spice. It's not pepper. It's more um, more like an almost like a uh, nutmeg or something like uh, coriander I, or even something like that. I, I'm, de- I'm still getting the, the pepper at the very end. I do. I am especially with it neat. Oh, yeah, yeah you're probably yeah, going to yeah, get it much yeah. more. Uh, much but but at that. 13%, though, I wouldn't expect a whole lot, especially with that high uh, uh, amount yeah. of corn. But the well, way, yeah, the way it's... Bar- no, the it's like taking the pepper mill off the stove and putting it over the top of your biscuits and gravy, a little bit of peppercorn. Yeah, so like yeah just, oh, just, just, just yes, a hair of yes, that. Yeah, yes. and, the malt, and the malted barley kind of offsets that. You know, that's of course, that's your starter. Yeah. Everything has the barley in it yeah. as a starter for your, your distillation. But uh, it's an outstanding product. Oh, there's no question. It's outstanding. That. Yeah, uh, and, uh, uh, retails about what seventy bucks. Yeah, seventy bucks. So it is a higher end. Yeah, but, but it's, it's okay. for us especially. Although, yeah, yeah. You, know, you listen to some of the uh, the the straight up bourbon podcasts, and you know, not that they, uh, you know, it's put their nose in the air at some of the bourbons that are getting it for free. No, not always. Not all no, of them no, 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 no. Okay, because um, a lot of these guys, you know, they they. Uh, they do have some sponsors, but you okay. know, they don't because uh, I mean they talk about um, you know especially the secondary market on some of them. Yeah, it goes up, and yeah, you know, yeah they're talking about bourbons that are retailing in the hundred and fifty dollar range, and you know how much they go for, and some of the ones that are really special that retail in the multiple hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, right. and what it goes for. Well, and, and this Baker's is not always available. Am I correct on that? It. it uh, is. Again, it's usually released in the fall, right? And you only get it like once a year, and it and, until it's gone. And, and when, it, yeah, usually, still usually you can find it through. I would say, I would say it's still available right now. Yeah, in January. Yeah, January, but not for long. January, February, and then it's going to start to disappear. Yeah, um, but I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased with it. But yeah, I've, uh, like good. I said, I've it's never good. had it. I, I think it's worth this. the money. Oh yeah, yeah. well um, you know. Uh, it usually is. I mean, there's only you know we 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 are very merciful, I suppose, in in our in our bourbon tasting. There's only one that we right. that we absolutely said don't mm-hmm. do this. Don't do. Yeah, don't yeah. get. And uh, even even the one that you disliked, Buffalo Trace. I mean, the rest of us were were pretty okay yeah. with that. That's the only major brand that, that any of us ever really had a much of a problem right. with. So you know, uh, even though I, I think the the flavor was a bit diluted with. With the ice, which doesn't happen with every bourbon, but mm-hmm. this one just it kind of disappeared a little bit. It still has a great finish. 
Yes. In the chest, mm-hmm. uh, down yeah, throat. Not, it's not harsh at all. No. Very oh, no, warm. very mild, but warm and mild. And yes. like I say, mine's diluted down. It's bloomed well, but it's still chilled. It's got a mm-hmm. good taste. See, now, it, this, the, you know, the snorting of it that I did. Uh, and you snorted it early. <laughs> yeah, I, snor- I snorted it early. Sniffing probably better than snorting. Well, yeah, this is true. <laughs> but it, it did remind me a lot of a higher alcohol content uh, maker's mark. And you I mentioned don't know, that earlier. I don't yeah. know why it, it does that. Yeah, I'm not sure because uh, Maker's would famously be a more of a weeded. Weeded whiskey. Sweet. And very yeah. Sweet. Yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's yeah. extremely this, sweet. This, struck, this doesn't have that. But it does I, have a little. It's, yeah. It's I, malt, I, I think it's the malted it barley. The malted barley, but it needs, I mean, it would, it would in my opinion, well, it, it would be an excellent cooking bourbon. Oh, I think this yeah. is way, well beyond a cooking bourbon. Yeah, I mean, Maker's Mark is a good cooking bourbon. It's a good it's okay. depending, depending on the, the makers you get. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. Maker's 46, I think, is an excellent very, drinking bourbon. Which is very different. Yeah. It's correct. Yes. It's rather than the, the, and they've got some, some higher proof ones that have come out in the past couple of years. Sure. And, the, and they're supposed to be very good. Yeah, yes, the standard bottle of Maker's, which I've got at home, which I haven't touched in forever. Although we did uh, sample it on one of the shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have it on It's been a long time. Well, I've, got a, a long time. I've got a huge well, bottle left over from my nephew's wedding. Maker's Mashville. i got a pull of 30% okay. corn, 16% soft red winter wheat, and 14% malted barley. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's why it's sweet. That's the wheat. It's its own niche. It's its own yeah. thing. I mean, and as we've often discussed, the marketing on that brand is, is phenomenal. It has mm-hmm. been, I mean, everybody oh, knows yeah. what the red wax yeah. means. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, I'll, I'll give them a lot of credit, and I'd, I'd love to know who came up with that marketing that was so prominent for so long. I'd love to know Bill that. Bill Samuel's added. wife. Was it really? Yeah. 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 The red wax was her idea. Yeah, but, oh, and but, it's a brilliant but, idea. But not the marketing on that, though. I mean, she, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the the red wax was the, on it. The idea of being distinctive. Red, yeah, market the red wax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I as mean, very famously, to, Bill Samuels, you know, threw away the family recipe and completely redid it to add the wheat. And then his wife added the red wax and the and the yes that that's a story marketing. that at some point when we do a more bourbon centric show we should talk about because because yeah. that is just so unusual in the bourbon industry that somebody would take a I family see. recipe yeah. that was a popular recipe yeah, yeah. and, and, and just it toss it yeah throw yeah. it away well I, I sense a hoopajube called bourbon legends might just be Ooh, <laughs> that's future. I like that I, know, that's I like another, that yeah so, kinda, so real quick just. Uh, Cajun, give me the uh, the mash bill on the bakers again. Because you said it was a very high corn, right? It's like 73%, I think you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hang on a second. Get back to that one. Oh. It was 77% corn, 13% rye, and 10% malted barley. Okay, 77 How much so, wheat again? Sorry. No wheat in this one. No wheat. No wheat in the bakers, but the no corn, the, the corn will will contribute. Sweetness. Oh yes, the corn oh, yeah. is I mean, definitely that, where the sweetness. That's going to contribute sweetness. So, well, and you know something we don't talk about a I whole think that's lot. A very is, well balanced. You know, again, the rye being mm-hmm. peppery balances it out very nicely. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we don't talk about uh, a whole lot because it's it's one of those things you just can't know because nobody's going to tell you this is what goes into the yeast strain. That yeah. starts all this stuff. This out. is true. Yeah, and you know you can take your mash bill and and take the exact same thing, and you change out your yeast strain. You've changed your bourbon entirely. Yep. 
So, oh, yeah. you know, that's something that, that is, and some of these yeast strains are really old. I mean, they go back oh, to yeah. the beginning, yeah, uh, which is pretty fascinating when you think about it. Um, but, you know, that's just something that um, I wish we could delve into that a little bit more, but that's just, that's almost impossible without being an insider. Yeah, and if I mean, you are, you, you can't talk about it. Yeah, you need a distiller to talk about those kind of uh, that chemical. Yeah, yeah, you know that 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 chemistry of the bourbon. Yes, and and high end chemists with you know not just masters but doctorates. Those are the kind of people they're hiring nowadays. Well, uh, if to, we get Bourbon Scout, he has to bring Stephen Beam with him. Then, well, obviously. <laughs> Hey, hey, would you be willing to appear on a podcast that has 6,000 downloads after uh, three years? Uh, uh, we, I'm sure we have broken 7,000 by yeah, now. We, yeah, we were real close there. Yeah, now, so, awesome. Now, something that, speaking of yeast, something that may transfer over to bourbons from beers is these ones where they're making beers from different women's vaginal yeast. I'm not sure. Uh, we of course, to, you would bring that. I'm not up. sure we need to go there. Yeah. That's, uh, well, no. There, there's a multiple distilleries. Here's one. It's called. Uh, if I had to order any, of Yoni, I was going to say we could come up with some interesting names, being the creative folks that we are. I, how that one goes. But on. yes, uh, I mean, making beer and making bourbon. It all starts making, the same. Making whiskey is, yes. is a lot of the and, same. It's it's and that may be one of the things that they start doing. You know, to to. You know, break out from the the pack. So you're suggesting that they cultivate porn stars? No, 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 no. I'm uh, not. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm, I'm saying I'm, 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 I'm a logical bourbon. conclusion. Yeah. It may happen. The, the, so yeah. So when we see a female sponsored bourbon, we we know if they the make it. Is. If they make it from Selma Hayek's yeast, I'm buying it. Oh God! So we're going to market it like red snapper bourbon. It bites back. <laughs> Fights back. Killing me. Oh, Oh, that was good. I I feel just like Al Pacino in Godfather 3. The more I try to get out, they pull me back in. (laughs) Wow. Well, but that's what makes this podcast so wonderful. Well, I understand. Our our demented sense of humor and and (laughs) I'm trying to keep us tied to good taste, gentlemen. Uh, I know, but over and over again, it's a tilting at windmill. Yeah, there's Uh, no. I was gonna say in the the four years we have been doing this since we first started the very first planning of this in 2019. Yeah, and you're still hanging on to that good taste idea. I'm trying. I'm trying, baby. I'm telling you, you guys know me. You've known me for how many years? I am the eternal optimist. And you've never had good taste. I would. I would. I would resemble that remark. I'd like to think my taste is excellent. I'm no Fraser Crane, but, but I think I'm okay. Well, Francis uh, again is is my hero. Thank you. Yeah. And but but I think this is a very Don Quixote esque approach uh, to life. Approach yeah. of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least to uh, us. I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, for for this, we're long gone. This yeah. enterprise, you, you may be tilting at a windmill here. I understand. Oh uh, hell! I've been trying to corrupt Francis for fifty years. Yes, you have. That's right, and it, you it, haven't it, quite succeeded. Yeah, his yeah. fortitude, his with occasional lapses, I suppose. Yeah. But no, 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 no. Uh, Francis is the most morally upright person I know. I think. Well, he's the Archbishop's right hand now. Well, this is true. Yeah, I suppose I I, I, I am I am at my star is in ascendance at the mm-hmm. moment. I've been doing good work and it's been recognized. Well, that's it. We ought to get I'm grateful arch- for that. Location, we ought to get the location, Archbishop location, in for one of these. Just down the hall. 
I didn't understand half of what either one of you said because you were talking over each other. Uh, no. Actually, no, I'm, I'm in a different building than he is, so uh, I, I, I don't see him often. I mean, I actually quite a well, bit compared to some. Well, folks. you know, there there is a very special job opening that should be coming soon, uh, relatively speaking. So you know, maybe maybe you will be the right hand man one oh, day. Lord. He's going to leave. Well, at some point he has to. Well, I mean, there he yeah. Well, I wouldn't worry, guys. I mean, well, I, I I enjoy his his uh, his his good favor, uh, and I work hard for it. Yes, but you know, who doesn't want excellence? But here, here we are all about excellence. But you haven't introduced your friends are. to him. Well, an opportunity. Well, no, <laughs> no, he uh, he knows Robert. I know he yes, does. Yes, he knows. Yeah, well, yes. You, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, not knows, as well. He knows of you. I, I, you've no. You've, we have. Yes, you've had a few encounters. I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, he actually came to uh, uh, one of my parishes and did uh, mass uh, in December. I think it was. Oh, really? Like I didn't know that. that. Yes. Yeah. It was very interesting because he was like, "How many masses do you have a weekend?" Oh, and I would have said the same thing. I've always said the same yeah. thing out there. And I said, "Well, it's currently we're down to four. It was five. And he and the 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 priest who was visiting uh, mm-hmm. from, from where he was in Louisiana, uh, they were both just gobsmacked that we used to do five on a weekend. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And there's there's a few. I mean, uh, Andre, his parish, yeah. They 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 do still do five. Well, and they also have. Well, granted, not all of the deacons are that's, active. That's a very large parish. Yeah. It is the largest, actually. Something that Andre has rubbed my nose in because we were for yes, a long time. Yes, your parish used to be the largest. Yeah, don't now, don't remind now, me. Andre. That's right. Yeah. Andre and I. Shout have out to Brother Andre, though. I did he, stop in his favorite uh, liquor store and okay. did come across Henry McKenna, ten-year-old, which you did purchase, right? Which I purchased. Mm-hmm. Which I have heard is the bourbon that bested Pappy in blind tasting. Oh, my. Really? Now, there's a bourbon mm-hmm. in So that is that you. is waiting for us for a, a, a later time. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, because you, you had indicated this was our intention for today. Yes, yes. I, I have mapped out the bourbon tastings for today um, as bakers and then um, another bourbon. A surprise for next episode. Yes. That's right, yeah. But, but yes, Henry McKenna, 10-year-old bottled and bond, is waiting for us at a... At a later date. date. And I've had Henry McKenna. I don't think I've had the bottle in Boston years. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. totally different from the... Cajun, do you have that regular... one? Have we tasted it at your place? No. I didn't think I'm, so. I may have it, but it hasn't been opened. It had been cracked. Yeah, see, that's how cracked. we... Uh, it's mm-hmm. Yeah, green, Henry I, McKenna I green label. I didn't track of what I got on the shelf. I know. It, we were all so jealous. <laughs> but this is, but it uh, took you a while to get there. I mean, yeah, you did yeah. that over years, right? Oh, yes. And and while we're well, thinking... Well, I'm thinking about this. Big shout out to Cajun, yeah. my eternal gratitude for the gift of the uh, what is now my my uh, br- uh, liquor cabinet. Your bourbon cabinet. Oh, oh, bourbon. You, oh it's yeah. so that picture was so cool, yes. and I'm yes. so glad his mom and dad are so grateful that it's got a home. I know that. Well, I, I tell you that. what, uh, you know, uh, it had been sitting for a little bit, mm-hmm. and I took the Murphy's oil soap to it. And oh my gosh, it just shines! Uh, it's, oh, that's it's, so awesome! It's cherry it's right, wood. It's, it's right so there in your front that. room, right? Yes, okay. it's right there in the living where, room where we recorded last time we were. Where we place. recorded, yes. Mm-hmm. And as you walk from the kitchen to the living room, that's what you see. Is is that? Wow, that's and, so awesome! Um, I love you know, that. that one. Was actually my grandparents, my mother's parents. Oh, really, so Papa and Dada? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So a huge yeah. just love it. Um, yeah, his grandparents were I the so love it. folks. Yeah, I remember them so well. When you can keep something old, refreshed, and in use, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, yes. doesn't get thrown away because, oh, well, it's not. I need to post a that. picture of that on the blog. It's Absolutely. so awesome. See, there you go. Oh, yes, yes. So, 
The picture was so impressive. I I, I was talking about awesome. <laughs> on our on our chat. I didn't realize. Yeah, because I've, I've been on our secure channel. Uh, folks. Yes, secure <laughs> channel. Yes, our secure um, encrypted channel. That's right. um, yeah, I've been talking about how I had uh, uh, bought a bunch of bourbons and I had had root because I, I just had them on top of the refrigerator because you know when you That's only had true. when we started out you just had one or two bottles you know no big deal. Yeah, but after uh, three years it grows. It grows and yeah, at one time yeah. I had a, about a dozen up there and I was like oh my god I've got some of these but I had been buying some more but I've been keeping them in in the basement because I just didn't have room for them and some of them I was saving for writing milestones like when I published the book. Well, yeah, and, uh, and yeah. things Hemingway like that. Hemingway bottle is still the signed Hemingway bottle is waiting for that. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and, yeah. Yes, and I, I've got a few, a couple of bottles that I'm, I'm waiting for for those big, really big milestones. Um, but anyways, uh, when I put them all out, I ended up with 18. Uh, that was after I had kidding. emptied four bottles over Christmas vacation. We helped you with a little bit of that. With a little bit of that, yeah, yes. That's right, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but there were still 18 left. Most of them were were. Fairly high in, in in the amount that was left in the bottle. So we have some work to do at your place. Yeah, well, somebody's got some work to do. I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I have gone on a little bit of a buying spree uh, since spring, and and again, yes, you have been picking up. The I, know, I might have a cardiac arrest. You're actually going out and spending some money. On <laughs> yeah, very intentionally. Yeah. Very intentionally. Again, of course, uh, uh-huh. we know you. Of the, course, the it's place, never going oh, to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, always two, intentional. Two yes. Martins pulling on a penny is how copper wire was invented. Absolutely, we <laughs> know this. Right. <laughs> but again, the the place down the street has stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, a little hole in the wall joint. Always buy local. We love that. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, stuff. I love buying local. A uh, little hole in the wall joint. He actually has stuff. Yeah, he's a little over retail. Well, because I but mean, he he's knows small. what he's got. His yeah. his his overhead's higher than Kroger's. Yeah, he, he can't he can't get bulk discounts. So. Us, right. us supporting that keeps him in business, so we're exactly. happy to do that. Right. So, and then it's not that much more. Yeah, yeah. and then I, I did make a stop. I was out in in. Brother Andre's area. Yeah, you went to the place that he recommended. And, and yes, right? yes, yeah. and and that's where I scored the, the Henry McKenna. So Eagle Rare. I've been looking for Eagle Rare for two years. Oh yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And you and found, found a bottle. And you found actually it found just down the street from my own home. <laughs> so, so I feel kind of stupid. Well, not so going when in are there. we getting to to crack that one here? I oh, tell you is, what, it's that is that yeah. is well worth it. Cajun will tell company, you it was our first bourbon when we were twelve. Uh, was My Eagle company Rare. Christmas party. Uh, it was yep. at, uh, in uh, uh, Butchertown. There's a little place that has the bowling alley in the basement. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I forget the name of it. Vernon. Yeah, that's it. Vernon Lane. Yep. Yeah. And um, you know they give you drink tickets. Mm-hmm. So I took my drink tickets and was like, "All right, what bourbons do you have?" And I saw they had the, they had the Eagle Rare Ten Year. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't we? Oh, that was good. We went to A One last time. Uh, didn't didn't one of us get Eagle Rare? A One. No, you know the place over in Colonial Gardens that I can never remember the damn oh. name of. <laughs> B A Colonial. B A Colonial. That's right. Didn't we? Didn't no, we I don't think no, any of us no, got we, any alcohol we've there. We've never had any alcohol no. at B A Colonial. No, no, I've been for I'm lunch. Sorry, it's, no, no. it was the Sherwood End. No, the Sherwood. Uh, Sherwood uh, I got I W Harper fifteen That's year. You decided That's for that right, one. and I got the Monks Road Fifth oh. District. And I had the. Uh, it was Old Forester Prohibition style. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's still one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, that's a great value. That's a sixty dollar bottle of bourbon. Absolutely. And uh, especially once you let it bloom a little, because you know, one hundred twenty proof. Yeah, you need to let that one bloom. It'll, it'll knock your in the. Uh, yeah. I won't say that. So it's one of the things I say to Her Majesty sometimes, and she just looks at me and says, "Don't say that again." 
So I'm expecting I.W. Harper to uh, be available again in June. Oh, we'll have to keep our eyes open. So according, yes, one of us according, needs to purchase it, yeah. Yes, grab it because it's, it's awesome. Uh, but I'm, yes, if you can get a hold of Eagle Rare E.H. Taylor at a at a podunk small neighborhood. Well, I mean, thanks to Brother uh, Andre for the E.H. Taylor. Her Majesty tried some of that, and she has sold completely. Oh, it's oh, awesome. Nice. She's not a bourbon person by any means, but she awesome. really, I mean, she'd rather have. I thought Her Majesty was a bourbon person. No, she prefers the uh, the Moscow Mules. Ah, because I thought she was really big into the Angel's Envy that we got in trouble she for. She does. She does like Angel's Envy. I don't think I told you guys, we toured that over Christmas yeah, yeah. with the whole family, well actually, done. which was really kind of cool to do something like that. When your kids get all above 21, you know, everything changes. Mm-hmm. You know, Marcus, <laughs> you know all this. Well, you, mine are in their 30s. I was going to say, well, you're, you're sort of the oldest, yeah, yeah. because uh, your wife was enormously pregnant at our wedding. Yeah, uh, and we still we we watch the well, video every once in a while. We look at her. And we go, I have, gosh, she is so miserable. I, I, I have been with the misses. Uh, what? Uh, well, thirty six years. I was gonna say because we'll be Christmas? married thirty four this year. Thirty? Or no, thirty five years this past Christmas. Yeah, and we will have been married. Uh, no, it'd be thirty. No, thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. Yeah, because you and married we will the have year been before married, we did. Yeah, yeah. we'll be married thirty four years this Valentine's Day. See, we'll be married 34 years in June. Yeah. And uh, and you guys were all after that. Uh, yeah, Robert was, was next and I was yes. last. Uh, yes, yeah, so we just celebrated our 30th anniversary this 30th, past August. Right. Yes, and Wait our... And you didn't come to the anniversary mass this year? No, oh, there was something no. else going on. I am stunned and wounded, yeah. sir. Yes. I forget what it was, but there was a conflict in our schedule. Come for the 31st and we'll work mm-hmm. you in. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Mrs. Martin and I hit 30 this this year that's right, right that right. would be about you right. were just like eight or nine months after us absolutely yes, yes. Yeah. uh and, and 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 we did the uh what, what was the dance we did the slam dance uh oh to the violent femmes violent femmes that's, right. Femmes. that's yes. right it's your, it's your wedding i never yes. forget that that's right I, I do have a photo of us dancing to the violent do you really i don't think i've ever seen that yeah. oh i will yes please remind me before you guys i've got a photo depart. of uh, now it might not be to the violent femmes but uh the the missus has a photo of us out on the dance floor with Mr. with Mr. Mullins down in uh, Gregor Mendel, yes. Gregor Mendel, uh, yes. Right. yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I forgot. I, I couldn't remember his code name. That, there that for was, a moment. Uh, yes. yeah, because was my eldest was there. She was a little bitty thing. Uh, she was just a year, mm-hmm. and uh, she ended up breaking my grandfather's watch uh, at that. I don't think I've told you guys that. Oh no, no. I don't I, know the, this. The, the, my grandfather's watch that I wore at our wedding. I would wear it for special occasions, and right. and I wore it for your wedding. And she was kind of she was less than a year, and she was just kind of funky. So I handed it to her, and she snaps it. It's uh, uh it, it's still you know I don't can't wear it, but it's still in my drawer. You know I've got it I've got you know it saved. They, they but, have yeah. companies that'll fix that. I know I need to do that. What did now, she break? The, this has reminded the, me. Just yeah. the pins. Yeah, just pin that? on the wall. Oh, oh that's oh, a band. No, that's band. Yeah, yeah. That's dirt I got cheap pins pin. over here on my desk. You can well, have. Well, it, it's the the piece that the pin fixed into. That's what snapped. Oh, okay. so yeah. That oh, needs, that oh, can they'll be. Just, they'll just put in the on. I need to do something yeah. about that. You're, I, yeah. It's been in my drawer for so long. Nothing else. Turn it into a pocket watch. I yeah. love old watches. I really. Do. Yeah, it was my it was my grandfather's. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know if you guys remember because you were all there. Uh, of course, you were videotaping Marcus okay. up in the, up in the. Uh, I believe you. you. Don't remember. I know, but <laughs> you were up in the choir loft videotaping the whole thing. 
Uh, and I thank you for that. Uh, Her Majesty, thank yeah. you for that, too. Especially uh, since I taped over your bachelor party, I believe. Uh, yes, you did. Thank God for that. Yes, that's, for sure. that, that's yeah. what he's really thanking you for. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that was very necessary. Yes, that's very much so. Uh, videotape in those days, folks. But but, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've started. Uh, we're, the, we're the first of the uh, having the recorded evidence, I guess, aren't we? Uh, yes, yeah, that's that true. Right. Yeah, that's uh, a word of warning to any of our millennial slash z alpha children if you find a vhs cassette in a drawer just throw it away especially if it's unlabeled just throw it away do not watch it well there's that and don't go through the files on our computers yes yes just wipe the hard drives yes that's right wipe wipe the drive so that's that's what we're expecting erase the uh for children in other words we we have to decide which child of ours is going to go through when we die yes wipe our hard drives yes well no not look at anything no see that's the kind of thing that, that that the brotherhood is for yeah. So. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. So uh, my. Uh, uh, we'll good... look at it first. Yeah. I've obviously. No, no, no. Of no. course. That's, that's the key. That's why you don't want anybody in the brotherhood. <laughs> don't look at it. Just have the children throw it away or wipe it. So uh, the, uh, the the pastor he's he's got a pact with uh, one of our mutual friends that when word comes along that he has passed or is about to that he has got to get to the rectory mm-hmm. and get rid of certain items. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, including not, the browser we, history. We hear about that a lot. Yes. You know, it's yeah. kind of yes. a cliche. Delete the browser you know, history. Yeah, you know, delete the browser well, history. Actually, for him, it's not the browser history. There's, there, there are actual certain, toys. There are certain items that actually have an innocent story behind them. Uh, but could be taken wrong. But would be taken oh, wrong. Oh, yeah, I understand. They don't. Well, then those are the things you need to put in the casket with him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially if it's You're an open casket. You're amazing, Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that was wow. a, that an was awesome a, bourbon break. That went, might be the longest we've done. Yeah, you know, we keep, no, I don't think it's the longest, but it's up there. We keep working with well, that. Well, I have to add one note to this. Yes, oh, please. Go ahead. Y'all were talking about who was married first. If the emperor is a year behind Francis, then I do believe that makes me the first one you married. You would be correct. Yes. So, yes. so it, it was at, my... at Francis's apartment. That uh-huh. is correct. My first apartment. You guys remember that because yes. that's where the that's where we ended up back at after the infamous uh, uh, me throwing up uh, underneath the the overpass on the overpass 264. on two sixty four. Yeah, that's yeah. where we that's where we were at the time uh-huh. uh, back in the day. Yeah, that I was his best man at that uh, at that. Uh, Justice of the Peace event. Uh, what year was that, Cajun? Eighty. It had to be eighty-eight because that's when I moved in there. Eighty-nine. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Well, eighty-eight. Eighty-nine. Uh, yeah. I don't. You don't remember the date. Wise. Of I you, don't sir. remember the date. Wise of you, like sir. That was uh, that was four uh-huh. weddings ago. Come on now. Why would I remember I, that? I, absolutely. Well, well I, I don't remember the date. I was there, of course. It and, had uh, to be eighty-nine I at the latest. In all of y'all. Because I think it was eighty nine because we mm-hmm. were going we were going up to Novi for the uh, many conventions during eighty nine. That was probably our biggest year. Eighty nine and ninety is when we did quite a bit yes. of that. Now how did, yes. how long did that? Yeah, that first... would have been eighty eight probably then. Yeah, I moved in in September of eighty eight. Uh, and uh, now how long did that first one last? Uh, a little over seven years. Okay. Was it that long? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I know yeah. we were. I know we we came out to your place several times. My uh, and at this after we were married, so uh, that was a mm-hmm. long time ago. Well, I mean, he's all he's always looking for the next ex Mrs. Cajun. Oh, how, how Jurassic Park! Of <laughs> yes, it. absolutely. Exactly. That's that's the fantastic thing about that. Yeah, 
All right. Super cool. So a final you know, verdict. Circle us back to, to, to Clint here. All right, real quick, though. A final verdict on Baker's. Oh, awesome. It, it, well worth the price, certainly. Yeah. Uh, I like the Very, higher proof. Yeah. Uh, usually that can give me a headache, but I really worked through uh, blooming that this time around. Really liked that a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was smoother than I expected with that high proof. Yes. Not exceptionally the, the, high proof. The but. aging. Now, Makes what? it very nice and smooth, and uh, again, I, the Cajun his his observations of uh, caramel and vanilla, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, I'm perfect. with you on that very yeah. much. So, so now, very very tasty. Um, now, a curious thing: what are you using to uh, make your balls so big? I have a couple of different types of ice molds. Ice molds? Really? Uh, I I don't have the. Uh, same type of mold that Cajun has. See, that's okay. the one. I, and Cajun, you need to send us that uh, on on, we, we on our to... secure channel because yeah. I've got some plastic ones that are okay, but I like yes. what he has better. Yes, well, I've, I've been looking some. at the new machine that's coming out. Yes, now that, that is that is not out yet. No, is the uh, machine that makes spherical ice? Oh, yeah. The the, well, the, the ice makes clear are very common. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. We they make one more like a, a nugget yeah. style. And ice. Cajun has one of those that he keeps right there. Yeah, in the so they're, they're my in-laws just got one. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a cool little thing. Yeah, but it's not but, the same. Nobody's. No. Uh, it's not really out there yet to make. What they call craft ice. Yeah. Well, you can uh, get that in LG refrigerators. But the refrigerator, but but a, yeah. a little really countertop style maker is right. not there yet. Because no. we're going to yeah, be looking for, for a new refrigerator. The what we have now, the configuration is just not. Enough yes, for we us. have the same refrigerator. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, Mrs. Robert desperately would like to get rid of. Yeah, it's good. It's going to happen. She wants yeah. a French yeah. door. French door. I same recommend. Thing. I recommend. Cajun has door. the right one that I like. Oh yes. 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 Uh, that that's kind of we we need to cover. Cajun, how how wide is that? Because that looks wider than a standard refrigerator. I don't know off the top of my head. As far as I know, that's the is a standard with the French doors like that. On the bottom. Really? Because it but seems wide. I would wider. not recommend a Panasonic fridge. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay, that's what you have. Because uh, no, we've, yeah. I've, I've really liked the stove, the fridge, the dishwasher. I've had trouble with all of them. Oh, nope. interesting. After, within two years Good time to know. of signing new, they've all given me headaches. Interesting. Good to know that. I had uh, somebody complain about the uh, Samsung refrigerators as well. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, her brother has one. I'm sorry, the Samsung. Yeah. The, you know, the Samsung. Not oh, okay. Samsung. Okay, yeah, so. Samsung. Yeah, yeah. yeah because, I got a Samsung package. Everything was Samsung. When I well, that. Her Majesty's brother has one of those, and it seems to have problems all the time. Which is interesting, because Samsung usually is known for quality. That's right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Japanese. Not in the appliances anymore. Korean. Oh, it's a Korean. Samsung is Korean. Yeah, South oh, Korean. I, I was trying to give Martin an opportunity to talk about uh, Bjorn. And Bjorn, his, no. His, his you Japanese will find that, that. Primarily, most appliances now are either Korean or or Chinese import into the U.S. Well, Korean is usually spot on, though. They're very, very good yeah. quality in most cases. Here's the thing to watch out for with a French door style freezer on the bottom refrigerator. I love them, but there is a like a defrost drain tube. Mm-hmm. And if it gets blocked by even like a little tiny piece of paper or plastic, mm-hmm. it will back up. And as the defrost 
cycle goes, you will end up with a puddle in the floor. Interesting. Oh, really? Because it will it will freeze and then melt and leak into the floor and then refreeze again. Oh. So if you ever if you have a French door fridge and you see ice in the bottom below the basket part, that's what's going on. When you say French door, you're talking about uh, well, side by side. A side it's, by side. It's a side by side with, with a bottom door, freezer. The bottom freezer, which gotcha. I love, yeah. because you know you want to be able to see you're in the fridge more than you're in the freezer. Yeah, right. So you want to be able to see the things on the fridge shelves. Yeah, and you you know get the ice maker in the door, and it takes up the least amount of. Interior yeah, and your freezer you know. is essentially a chest-style freezer that yes. Yes. And it, pulls and out. it just pulls out. That's what we want. That's what ours we is want. full side-by-side. You know, I'll, I'll Pain in the ass. Yes. I, I went and went with the, uh, I believe it's KitchenAid commercial. Yeah. So I have, a, about I have a separate freezer and fridge right next to each other. So it's like French doors, the way I've got it set up. Yeah. But now my fridge, the entirety of the front of it's glass and lighted 24-7 so I could see what I've got. Yeah. The, fr- the freezer isn't, uh, but they're separate 19.8 feet units. Cubic feet. Cubic feet. And I love that. So, yeah, the, the that is what you want to watch out for. Make sure that little drain mm-hmm. tube in the back does not get blocked. Because even like a tiny bit of plastic off of a bag mm-hmm. or right. anything will we'll block that up and that'll freeze and all the when it defrosts. All that water yeah. will will come out of it and pool in the bottom mm-hmm. of the freezer unit. Of the freezer yeah. unit, yeah. Now, mm-hmm. you're getting leaking into the floor. Is that a is that a worry? When yes, when that then defrosts, yeah, that will that will uh, melt and then it it comes over the edge and leaks into the floor. Yeah. Okay, because that's that's the part that's really the concern because. Yeah. You know, you don't want your floor to, to get yeah. waterlogged and have your refrigerator drop through your floor. Yeah. And well, yeah, and, and so if you ever notice, mm-hmm. even even if you don't get water in the floor, if you ever notice ice a, in the bottom, pro- yeah, ice in the bottom, you need to call somebody, get that drain tube unplugged, and then you'll be fine. And there's your PSA for the day. <laughs> yeah. Snakes and otters bringing you consumer information. Yes. So, again, that, I think, did make it the longest bourbon break in history. Yes, if we include that once as part we, of it. I mean, rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. Francis and I even took a bathroom break oh. in the middle of that. This is true. That's right. So, well, let's go back to, back to Clint Eastwood. Yes. Yeah. So, you had something you wanted to bring up, and I had something I wanted to So, I will defer to, to Robert. Oh, oh, okay. Let's let Robert go with, with his point. I hope there. he remembers. I, I, actually, I do. Oh, good. Uh, you know, that's not always a guarantee. <laughs> not always. So, you guys know I am big on context. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah. and, and I think one of the things that I find interesting about Clint Eastwood's move to directing uh, is that, one, he was a big name. A lot yeah, of by that time he was a star. Yeah, yeah. a lot of actors who become, uh, and, and this is a two part thing actually, but a lot of actors who become directors are ones that they're really B list actors. Uh, the best place you can find this, an example of this, are Trek actors. Oh, Jonathan Frakes is an amazing director. You're well, right. I mean, you've got Jonathan Frakes, you've got uh, Barbara Burton, Roxanne uh, Dawson. Yes, uh, she, yes, she's huge director. That's right. She does. That's become, it's mostly television. It's become her career yeah. Yeah. Uh, post um, post Voyager. Yeah, but you know, you you see these people who who you know made a good chunk of money. Yeah, uh, on their on. 
on, you know, their meager acting skills. I mean, you know, Roxanne Dawson, Jonathan Frakes. Um, the TV uh, actors, yeah. The TV actors, you know, they're not out there that, that are going to win huge accolades as dramatic artists, which is fine. They did a fine job. I'm not denigrating their acting yeah, skills. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but they're smart enough to recognize I've got a window here. Yeah, oh, and yeah, for the true. female a- 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 actresses, that is important because they oh, yeah. their window is much shorter. Yeah, images everything. Unfortunately, whereas Clint, at the height, really not even the height, because as we saw, yeah, he continued to to ascend. Oh, yeah. But as an you know, actor, you, yeah, you know, by today's standards, you know, you would have expected his acting career to just start sliding down because they're flash in the pan nowadays. It seems. Uh, the careers just don't last as long, it seems. Um, but he managed to leverage that box office bankability into this creative control. Yeah. Um, which is very unusual in the sense that he kept on acting. You don't really yeah. see that. Most as of often. them, they decide to leave acting and become the directors. And right. And again, that's partially because, well, you know, they're, they're B list actors. I mean, nothing wrong with being a B list actor. There are yeah. more B list actors than anything else. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, they're the, the heart and soul I mean, of the yeah, industry. Yeah. That would be quite a thing to aspire to be that right. character actor, small part, playing the government official in every. Well, yeah. Uh, exactly. I tell you, uh, Rene Arbogenois was one of the greatest of those. Yeah. And that's what he yeah. called himself. He says, that's my bread and butter. I'm a character oh. actor. Um, the guy, oh shoot, he, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's played the baddie in so many, uh, late nineties, two thousands movies, heavy set, older guy, reddish, dark hair with, you know, the big glasses. Uh, I can think of, think of his face and see him. I should say, throw us a roll. We might be able to take But I can't think of any of the the, the specific ones, but you've seen him in in, a dozen things. Sure. Playing the same kind of guy. Um, but anyways, <clears throat> well, Brian Dennehy was good with that. He was, but yeah, uh, he had some he had some really good meaty roles. He did. That's right. Um, he wasn't a one note bad guy, right? Uh, which is a testament to his own skills. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He did very well with First Blood in particular. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. One of his Especially best yes. best roles. And of yeah. course, we talked about him in, in Silverado. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was a few that. years after that. Yeah. So uh, there's that. I think that that's I think especially interesting uh, that this A list actor. Became an A-list director. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then the other thing is, he also did this at a time when we were moving from. We've talked about this uh, as far as the television stuff goes, yep. as well as the movies. When we went from the fanciful, and I use that in term, you know, in in the mm-hmm. broadest sense, in the term yeah. of um, the epics that were you know, right. sent, you know, the, the King Arthur stuff or the biblical epics or just the yeah, uh, greatest story ever told. Yeah. King of Kings, all of those things that were ben big Hur. budget, big cast mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah. yeah. You know, cast of thousands. Yeah. Covatus and a few other things. Yeah. And we transitioned to the, the real, the nitty gritty, the cop, well, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, the the uh, the Vietnam War changed all of our Cinema approaches. Verite. Yeah, right. Very so, much so. Yeah, that, that that realism. Well, and and that's the thing, you know, we we went from these things that were the fantastical, yeah, 
as opposed and some sometimes the farcical when you think about the 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 country shows that got canceled all at once. Sure, yeah, the rural purge. Yeah, yeah. we talked a lot about that. You know, um, Pyle and exactly uh, all Beverly Hillbillies. Petticoat Hill Junction. Petticoat Gray Junction. Nation. Absolutely, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. That was a, there was a definite change in 1970 thereabouts, right, uh, and forward. That's when they decided. Right. And very few things survived that, and and the ones that did were more modern set. They sometimes uh, like bewitched. I dream of genie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were like the last gasp of that sort of optimistic, uh, unrealistic. Yeah. Type so thing. he's he 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 makes this transition to director in a time that is perfect for it because he's looking for that creative control, and he's doing the visual version of what we all aspire. What those of us who are writing fiction aspire to. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, to tell stories. Yeah, and he comes to this at a time when. The 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 stories of the individual are more important than the stories of the the epic, where you're telling a tale that is is part oh, mythical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he learns this from Leone because it's very all those movies individualism is very much the way of doing it. Right. I'm so whether he's the the, point. the the rogue bad guy, the rogue good guy. Yeah. There's. His characters are not ones, you know, prior to this, prior to 1970, most of the good guys, the leads in movies, whether male or female, there's no change. Yeah, they're the white hat guy. They're the, and that's what, he re, that's what he pushed against. The white hat guy or just, to, you know, the, 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 the point was the, the joke. You know, there's a lot of comedies. The point was the yeah. joke or the point was mm-hmm. you are the archetype, so you, are, you fit into this mold and we cannot break the mold. Oh yeah, very, John Wayne was very much part of that. The moral yeah. lesson, yeah, absolutely. Well, and now that you mentioned John Wayne too, that's a prime example of a time that it didn't work. The Wayne directed and funded the Alamo, and it's broken. Absolutely, because it was it, not it, a success. Very much so, yeah. And he I had mean, John he was Ford financially in the hole bad. After he did the Alamo, I know, and he had John Ford as his advisor for that one. You know, who knew his business. But you know what? That's exactly the kind of movie that right. they transitioned from. Because right. there's it was, a about five years story too late. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is known. That's right. And it's one of those things that it, it, it's it's almost myth, and you yeah. can't mess with the myths. Right. He. And- you can mess with the individual, every man. You can put him through hell. Yeah. And bring him out the other side, either broken or better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the seventies. You can yeah. end up with him broken. Yeah. You could never end up with your, your protagonist as a broken changed and maybe somewhat sure. where he's better is where he's learned. Sure. That's the great but he's still broken. That's the great story. Cajun uh, the You couldn't do that before. The Alamo was nineteen sixty, am I correct? Yes, See, that's, that's what I thought. See, this is what Wayne only directed two films in his lifetime. Alamo was his pet project. That's that right. Was one he was. That's a shame. I like that. The other one directed was the Green Beret. That's correct. Which had its own political undertones, very yes. much so. Uh, that yeah. he he was making right. a statement with that. Support, he was showing support for the U.S. soldiers. In Vietnam. That's time. correct. Yeah, it, it was a different animal almost. Yeah. Uh, I think the the Alamo was probably five years too late. Uh, if you'd have done that in '55, it would have had a different uh, resonation than it did because at '60, with Kennedy's—and I hate to put it down to that—but with Kennedy's election, everything changed. 
uh, the Eisenhower days were gone, and things were uh, at, the, at the beginning well, the, of the, the of Kennedy a cultural assassination change, in '60s, which is three years later. That's correct. I, I think yeah. it's the assassination, not that not changed the a lot of it. But yeah. it, it, I think it, I mean, we could talk a long time about yeah. that. I think a lot of it started with Kennedy. Uh, yeah. and here's an example. Yeah, it, it, because in prior to 1960, men wearing hats was a common thing. Yes. And after Kennedy that... he refused to wear he, a hat. Kennedy refused to wear a hat, and it changed the freaking culture to the point where it's still weird for men to wear hats in many... Uh, it, it's, it's, Other than a ball cap, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's just a thing. And that's just... Uh, there were ch- Which we all rail against, and it is yes. one of the things uh, we rebel Sure, absolutely. Hats, it's a, uh, I have a hat Well, unless you're out in more of the western regions now. now that's correct. Yeah. There's still, the there's, still well alive in many, many styles of popularity. Yeah, but in... in Back here, in, it's in, almost in, part of the costume, though. It's on, yeah. I mean, it, Cajun's right. It's kind no, of seen it's as part a, of the culture. It's Texas, not a Arizona, and out west is never a costume. Yeah, that's yeah. It, and it just shows the difference in the the cultural I, I, diversity. Well, I, I use the word costume, but I didn't mean it as something that people put on. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's a I, cultural I'm trying thing. Trying to avoid all the hate mail from out west Texas. Oklahoma, I'll take the hate mail because it means somebody's listening to the damn show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Texas and Arizona listeners, you can direct your ire at at Robert 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 at snakesandotters dot com. The rest of us. Solidarity. We love hats. Oh, we do. I, I, I love hats. I brought. I wore a hat today. Yeah, he did. He, did. he, did. he wore right. his hat. No, I, I'm I'm wearing a tuk today. Yeah, but, you're wearing a uh, slacker hat. Uh, yeah. He's Yukon Cornelius. Folks. Yes, I, I am. Mean, very very so. Seattle of you. I, it is. Yes. Uh, but uh, but anyways, the, like the point it. though is yes, 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 things yes. changed and he became a director he, at the he did, right time. Yeah, he rode that wave yeah. to where the stories he wanted to tell were stories that he could well, get approved and greenlit uh-huh. as a director. That's right. And Again, it was a very, very individualistic, very small It was, frame. even though Malpaso was still doing all the work at this point, he still, it was a slow burn because he did all those Dirty Harry movies. You know, he didn't yeah. direct any of those. He didn't direct them, but Malpaso was a producer. Correct. So it's yeah. kind of like a transition point because by the time Pale Rider comes around in 83, the transition is complete. Yeah. He doesn't do anything that he doesn't produce and direct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, other than uh, a few select, and he, uh, 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 unforgiven in the line, in the line of fire, in the line he, of or fire. in the line of fire. Yeah. Well, uh, fire. Uh, uh, I was going to say White Hunter Black Heart might be one. Uh, he directed that. I think he directed that one. Yeah. There's yeah. a few that. There's a few very oddballs. Few there are very few things. So, but but something you said. Yeah. You know. Again, this this idea that he's he's directing at just the right moment. Yes. Because again, you take something like Josie Wales. Yeah. Untraditional Western. Oh, Wayne disliked it at first. Wayne, Wayne disliked a lot of stuff Clint was doing. That's correct. Because, because he, he said, this is not what America was about. Well, it changed a few things. The, the Confederate is the hero. Yes. And, and more to the point is the Union is the villain. Yeah. See, because we'd had those mishmash movies. Yeah. Wayne did the Undefeated with Brock Hudson, where the Confederates and the Union team up, and uh, also Chuck did the Major Dundee with Richard Harris, yeah. where the Confederate and the Union team up. But having the villain be the Union, Wayne had it. He hated that. Oh yeah. He thought that but was. It, it is well, a that's very totally re- two different times of growing that's right. up. It oh. was the tension yeah. of the I mean, of those Wayne two visions. You know, it's a black and white. You got to win and you got to lose it. Simple well, that's that. right. Black and and it was, it was very and simple for him. Clint came along, 
was getting out there, becoming a young man, things were as black and white as they used to be. That's right. And Josie Wales was a cultural reflection of the time thing. Maybe all that we've been told isn't always this way. There's all, yeah. I mean, again, Josie Wales is a very individual story. Oh, yeah. About it's what happened to, to this, this one particular man. And it's not the ideas of plantations and slavery and all that lost driving it yeah yeah it's yeah there's none much, of that there yeah it, it's very much josie's individual experience as a missouri farmer and right. what was done to him and his family and this and is why i like him seeing to, history through that lens yes. of just that one person yeah and he was his way of saying that maybe all that you've sold was not the complete story let's try adding right. other things here because yeah. it's so there's so much diversity here well and, and this is why i liken him to to the visual version of the the you know the writer is because he's he's literally telling a story. He's not telling the story. Right. Oh, that's very good. That's and, exactly and I think that's right. a good distinction. That's, that's a very good distinction. Yeah. That's what was kind of lost on Wayne. Yes. Well, Wayne always told the story. It was yes. it yes. always had a bigger canvas big story. than the story itself. And there that's was... all movie making prior to 1970. Well, when you think about that's it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. They're 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 making universal statements. Right. And that's not a bad to. thing. I'm not no, no, saying no, no. That, I'm not saying that's approach. a bad thing. Exactly. It's a exactly. different approach. It's a different approach. It's the story. And that's that's why cuz we need movies that are the story. Yeah. Just yeah. as much as we need Absolutely. movies that are. And in many respects we've lost a little of that. Yes, we have. that is a snakes and otters cultural uh, interpretation that I think is very valid. Yeah, I really love so, that. Yeah. I really two hundred episodes. We've got it distilled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's about a story. Sometimes it's about the, the story. story. Right. And and every the story contains multiple a stories. Oh yeah, and, and it, it's very just good. drilling down. Yeah, and, and it's going from the the you know that overarching. Mm-hmm. Uh, morality tale mm-hmm. to okay, we get this good, bad, black, white, you know, black hat, mm-hmm. white, white hat kind of stuff. But it, it's like when we're preaching from the pulpit. Yeah, the gospels are great. the The, the biblical readings are fantastic. That's the story, right? The homily should be. A story yeah, in melt, the sense that melting the A in the how, what does this mean to you in the pew that's right, or yeah. you in the movie that's the, theater that's seat? The a story. So the the, the you story. story. Yeah. 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 Oh, this it is very good. Yeah. yeah. Further, you know, the A story, story. The, the the story, and the you story. Exactly. Yeah. And then Clint's the master of that messy middle. Yeah. Well, it, story. And, and I don't want to disparage Wayne too much to say no, 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 this, no. because no, no. for example, the uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance is a very morally ambiguous story. Uh-huh. It's a very gray area because as you know, not to spoil it, but but God if you haven't seen it, smack yeah. a, I mean it it is the pregenerator of Josie Wales. Oh, very really much is. so. It's it's about it's, it's, it's about one of the heroes doing line. something very bad and very illegal and immoral yeah. for the right reason. Yeah. And you know, there was a time that was that would never have gotten past the studio system. Yeah, any earlier than it did. That's correct. They would have right. never allowed this moral ambiguity. Uh, where, well, in fairness, Lee Marvin was such an amazingly vile villain in that movie yeah. as Liberty Valance that that's kind of softened that. Wait yeah. a minute, we're going to murder this guy. I believe that was Jimmy Stewart. Wasn't Jimmy it? Stewart was the was the hero. The he was the hero. one that was, yeah. that kept his hands clean. Wayne. Uh, as Tom Donathan 
kills Liberty Valance. He's the yeah. real man who shoots Liberty Valance to save Jimmy Stewart because yeah. he was in, he was inept. What he, we would call today the anti-hero? Yeah, very yeah, very much so. He does the dirty deed to save the other guy to his own detriment because by doing that uh Wayne He's loses the Punisher. he loses the girl uh-huh. to the guy who's he saved. I mean, yeah. the the immoral uh difficulties and uh, grayness and complications of that movie is the reason it's considered one of the best it's movies funny ever made. how well the shooters is not much different in that regard very true yes. yeah, absolutely he does something that may be good for society but probably wouldn't fall into morally right oh yeah because well, he essentially commits suicide by uh by, by gunfight. By gunfight. Well, not only that, he takes out three people he considers that as not good for society. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. So you see, there's there's a well, lot, you know, lots of moral ambiguity there. That's visited and unforgiven. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Might be that that might be the yeah. preeminent version of that. And I think yeah. Clint Eastwood really tapped into that. Realized those are the good stories to tell where there's well, not always the white hat, black hat. It's, it's funny how much some of it, but Wayne not always. And Eastwood parallel yeah but just it's like you know john you're not getting you're not getting everything that clint's doing yeah but and, but and clint is it's okay yeah and clint it's is okay it's not that far from where you were it's really not but but yes i, I get well, that it I would, feels different for you I, I go back to the the versus a with a lot of the stuff that that the john wayne era of movie making um proposes uh, and Francis used the word, it's the archetype, is this is what we aspire to. Even mm-hmm. in something like The Man Who Shot Josie, or, or Liberty Valance, um, it's going to be something that's like, oh, yeah, we recognize this needs to be done. A rabid dog needs to be put down. Yeah. But I don't want to be that guy that's the rabid dog, or you know, putting down the rabid dog. Whereas when you look at something like Unforgiven, it, it, it's a similar theme, but I think that the guys in that movie and I, I would I said this I would have said this at the time when I was much younger they're more identifiable you can identify with those guys I think a lot better and so so what you're saying is Clint's characters are more morally direct I don't know that they, necessarily they work, that may be true but I don't know if that was work my point. through the moral dilemma and just come out and are comfortable with where they fit. Well, on, they're on not necessarily the, comfortable with it, but they just they're willing to live with the consequences. They understand yeah. living with the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that the John Wayne movies that we were talking about, you know, Liberty Valance and what have you, the shooters don't do that, but again, it's a different time. Yeah. And and, and, and there are a lot of Wayne films where that moral decision is just made in advance, yes. Uh, uh, in in sales, we would call that assuming the sale. Yeah, again, something like El Dorado or or that mm-hmm. trilogy of the the drunken sheriff that Wayne is helping. Yes, El Dorado, Rio Lobo, Rio Bravo. Um, he just kind of makes those decisions in advance, whereas the Clint characters are more agonized. Yes, but they come out in the same place, and with the Clint characters. Especially in Unforgiven, I think, and I think this is what makes it one of the best westerns ever, is that the outcome of the decisions to go after the men who performed those 
mm. heinous deeds, yeah, is not a given. Yeah, it is not a guarantee. And as we see, not everybody comes back from that. Well, yeah, only yeah. when when uh, Will Bo- Will Money, uh, Clint's character, becomes the darkest he can become. Is there a resolution? And and that's only the thing. Dar- darkness only is the only thing that resolves the issue. And it's with great reluctance. It is. That's that's the tension. That's right. Far too often, in that uh, good versus bad, black versus white kind of style, that it's that too Wayne easy is, a decision. It's to too make. easy. It, it's like, well, of course I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. There's no agony over the decision. Very well, sometimes, and you're right, often it is. I, not, not to the same degree. Liberty Valance is a good example, again, of that very thing, because uh, Tom Donathan, Wayne's character, absolutely hates that he did this later. And he tells Jimmy Stewart, you know, I, I saved you, and I lost everything because of it. Uh, from this morally reprehensible murder, essentially, because he's shooting the guy from the side uh, without anybody knowing it. Uh, and uh, and Wayne considered Liberty Valance one of his best films for all the right reasons because mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. something you almost couldn't get away with in those days. Right. That yeah. moral ambiguity. Whereas by the time Clint comes around, it's become standard. It's what we wanted. Well, well and, that's, and you're exactly right. And the moral uh, we ambigu- grew up to the point where we want those stories. Well, and the, it's the, the moral ambiguity is the exploration of not just the act. Yeah. But with the repercussions of the act. And the motivations, too. And the motivations, all of it. All of the above. And I would say this, because I, I don't want to sound like I'm denigrating Liberty Valance or The Shooters or any of these kinds of movies where the Sure, sort of yeah, I understand. I'm we, not. We have great respect for them, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're great cinema. They're great, yeah. And, but we've got, but with Clint Eastwood, because of, he comes on the scene as a director and producer at, the, at the, just the right time. Right. And he's got the vision to, to tell these kind of individualistic stories dealing with the larger themes, he's able to take it a step further, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, because uh, as Martin said, he's n- the decision to do the bad thing isn't made ahead of time because it's just something that's got to be done. Yeah. It's like, you know, because very realistically and in Unforgiven, it, it, they they go through this. They agonize over whether or not these old men are going to go go do this thing. Yeah, because they recognize that there's... There, if they leave to go what they do what they do they're going to be committing murder and they know it well and it's not just that so uh some of them have to leave family to do it right morgan freeman yeah for clint eastwood he's got to break a promise to his dead wife that's right yeah that's a much to me that's the quintessential image of that movie is him talking to his wife at the grave under the tree Oh, yeah. That's the image I when I think of that movie. That's the only image that comes. I mean, it's not the only. Yeah. That's the it's, it's primary one of the image. Images, yeah. yeah. And that I think is is the genius because that's the story. Yeah, he's sub- is the breaking of the promise, not the tracking down. Right. It's the decision to break the it's promise. It's interesting you say that because that is a direct turning on its head of Wayne's own movie, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. Is that where you're going? No, no. I was just going to say that... Captain Nathan Brittles sits at his wife's grave and explains yeah. why he does what he does. Yeah. But it's about being the hero that he's doing. very similar to The Searchers. Yes, yes, very because he makes that promise. He, yeah, he, you know, he goes down a very dark path, right. but for this good reason. Right. So the, the, the which is considered where it ends up it's basically the difference between Wayne and Eastwood. Yeah. And the stories they're telling is 
Wayne almost always represents a legitimate authority. Making, oh yes, making yes. these decisions. Okay. Whereas Eastwood usually represents someone being squeezed or abused by a legitimate authority, okay. making the decisions to right the moral world again. When Both you think of, of Jose Wales, you know, again, he's trying to right the world into a moral place where everybody gets along. Whereas Ethan Edwards is trying to do something very different. He's representing civilization yeah. that is going yeah. to right this again, wrong that the you know, savage has done right. to him as, so, as it's written. Yeah. So, again, in things like El Dorado, Real Bravo, Real Lobo, he's, he's representing legitimate authority, the union a sheriff, whatever. Horse soldiers was the same way, yeah. Yeah, trying to trying to write the world into a moral place as as this legitimate authority. Clint's overviewer is legitimate authority is part of the problem. Right, because oh, Josie Wales is perfect. Josie Wales. And well, so and, is High Plains Drifter. High Plains well Drifter. and in Unforgiven, you know, these guys do this heinous act, but because it's done to prostitutes, nobody gives a damn. Right, right, yeah. The legitimate authority of, of, of the sheriff and Gene Hackman is the problem. Is the yeah. problem. Yes. Yeah, because Little Bill is probably one of the most reprehensible yeah. characters. So here, you know, again, so Clint's, Clint's O'Vier is this man in the middle, this everyman, is the one who needs to put the world back on a moral course. Interesting you say that because he's taking the everyman of high noon – yeah, which Wayne detested, by the way. Yes, yeah, very much so, uh, because the sheriff shouldn't have that moral ambiguity. And at the time, he was right. High noon, the the authority is the everyman. In this case, in Unforgiven, authority is the villain for the everyman. Yeah. And and Wayne hated uh, High Plains Drifter. Mm-hmm. He did. He yeah, said, that's right. You know, the American person is not like this. These sniveling. Coward people in High Plains Drift, which is well, and, the and inhabitants of the town Lago, yeah, yeah, uh, where they, where they, they, you know, they're the villains, yeah, essentially so the corporately. Where, where do you see the uh, John Wayne films that he's making again? The real Lobo, Leo, real Bravo. The townspeople come to his aid. They're heroic. Yeah, they don't want these, whatever the bad guy is, taking over. Ironically, Eastwood himself would do that very theme with Pale Rider. In between, yes, you yes. see, so it's if, if he's recognizing that, that there is a prime example of yeah. generational difference, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, when, when yes. Younger, towns would come together and stand behind each other, and that's why they hated high noon. Later because on, people will say, Hey, not my monkey, not my circus. Well, and 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 you know, I, partially, it's also, I think, a, a, a it's a consequence of the kinds of things that is Cajun pointed out it's generational difference, but the yeah. kind of thing that, that uh, uh, Wayne did all of his movies were of a certain, not just certain genre because he didn't just do Westerns, but, mm-hmm. but a certain type of story. Yeah. Uh, because again, it goes back to that, you know, right versus wrong. Yeah. He, and he was and, very deliberate in his, what he picked too. Yeah. And I mean, you think about his, his, uh, his, character in the longest day uh you know the the d-day invasion right where he's yeah. the the current you know to me that was that was almost like one of his western characters sure set in yeah. world yeah. war ii he was very you know, very protective of his reputation well and of his, people, of his people of his too, people that's the thing because so. remember yeah. when he comes across, comes to the town where the paratroopers were shot as they came down and they were hung in the trees 
you know, and he, he has that visceral reaction ab- uh, about them being the, left there. Yeah, the one officer hadn't gotten him down. He said, yeah. get him down right now. Yeah. yeah. That's right. You know, I think that's yeah. a, not that Clint wouldn't have done a scene like that, uh, but because he just didn't, that, you know, I can't imagine that kind of scene in Kelly's Heroes, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, which was but, but it's a different kind of movie. But, I mean, it, the kinds of movies that, that Wayne did, I think, more often than not, showed and highlighted this is what we aspire to. Absolutely. He was very aspirational in his approach all the time. Whereas Clint is Clint is, is, is not, not not that he doesn't do that. Sure he does sometimes. Yeah. But not but that wasn't his norm. It's but more, what he but it's like, yeah, we may aspire to that, but most of us are living here in the muck. We we gotta survive first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's true to that. It's, yeah. it's it's very existential. We gotta survive first, then we can worry about what we're aspiring to. Yeah. I think I, I, I think I, Emperor got, has something and then I wanna wrap up. I do. Yeah, because we're as a matter of fact, I want to cover a part of Eastwood's life that we haven't touched yet. Yeah. And this ought to be interesting. And his, his commercial success. Yeah. The top two commercial successes that he ever did were in 78 and 80. Yeah. Uh-huh. Any Which Way You Can, Any Which Way Blues. <laughs> Every Which Way Blues, and, yeah. And Cal- the, his biggest movies, the, yeah. San, the Sandra Locke years. Yeah. Cal- yeah. Cal- yeah. Bronco, Billy. Exactly. And, All and those. those. Uh, sudden yeah. Impact. I mean, uh, when he... Well, had, it, but those comedy films especially were not critically approved. Oh, no. I mean, they Crit- were... They critically, like, they, were, they, they were panned. What in the yeah, hell but, is he doing? But people exactly. loved them. But people they, loved they them. sold well, yeah, they absolutely. Sold. I mean, uh, uh, every oh, which way... I remember loose. my old man laughing his ass off at him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. they're hilarious movies. Uh, but when you look at the critics... Critics always pan that kind of stuff. They hate yeah, it. low brow. It was kind low of low brow humor. And, but it but was, you know what? Real life is made up of that stuff it sometimes. Is. And, yeah, so, and he, he dabbled with that yeah. for, what, six, eight years maybe. Not, not and then ten, he kind of, well, and the window those films are in was, is, a, is, was a, is an economically depressed time. Yeah. It made people laugh during a it time did. of. Well, this was the time of Smokey and the Bandit. Exactly. And, yeah, All those so kinds of mindless fun. Uh, exactly. which, it had yeah, it's a fun movie with an orangutan and him beating up on people. Yes, and it made us forget about Jimmy Carter. Exactly, and, and, and long 20, Arab air embargo and twenty percent right. interest rates. Yes, yes. gas yeah. prices quadrupled. You know, it's, yes. it's very reflective of that. Yeah. And by the time eighty three or eighty four comes along, he's back to pale rider. Yeah, yeah, which is back uh-huh. somewhat to his roots in many respects. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 essentially High Plains Drifter remade slightly. Yeah. Different. Well, you know, I think that's a. Uh, <sighs> And those those are I think post Sandra Locker, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, right at the end anyway. Yeah, 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 Sudden yeah, Impact, yeah. I think maybe his last movie with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly on that. And then he Francis uh Farmer, I guess, is Yeah, Francis Farmer uh-huh. he had after that. And I mean uh, his his situation, you know, you could it, his, it's, Yeah, we don't want to even go into his domestic situation. No. no, no yeah. No, I mean no, he's no. been multiply married and multiply associated, shall yes. we say. So and long a politician. Long term politician. Oh yes, yes, he was married yeah, no, we, Carmel, uh, California. And, and very well, successfully so by the sea, by the Carmel sea, by the, all the, area. By the sea. That's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, very no, successfully. So, I want to touch on something. I know we're at the end, but real quick, do, do it. But Francis said something that is incredibly insightful here that that we missed. Do it. So you pointed out that the comedies were done at a time, and you both did this, but uh-huh. I, um, but you made the the secondary connection uh, that the comedies were done at a time when we needed. To forget, yeah. <laughs> they were escapism about 
the horribleness that was our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. which we all lived through. I mean, right, yeah. we all lived oh, yeah. through. Well, we, we had just come from Vietnam on the TV every day at dinner time. You know, Watergate right. for two Watergate. years. Watergate. Yes. And, and, you know, the Jimmy Carter years, especially the last couple of years, were not fun. No, no. Horrible president. Great humanitarian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can find the office. Think, you think he was a great president? Too nice of a guy for that office. Um, but the other part of that, though, is that by the time you get to 83, 84, he's back to doing that. That mm-hmm. I don't want to call it philosophical necessarily, but it's that examination of a story again. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. what we're see what you're saying is basically is that you can gauge the <laughs> status or condition of a society yeah. based on the kinds of movies that are being made. Oh, I would think we would agree with that. Oh, yeah. True yeah. So, oh yeah. So, yeah. So when that escapist kind of especially the comedies. Yeah. Rambo couldn't have been you know, first blood. First yes. Blood, especially, could not have been made in 75 or 76. Oh, hell no. No. It takes no, no. 81. But it, but it also, First but Blood itself. it was itself, absolutely perfect for 81. Yeah. But it also perfect. could not have been made in 84 or 85. Probably not. No. Because we yeah, were because, past that. That's right. Because it was very angsty. Yes. And it was yeah. very uh, much a, a story of someone being uh, why are wronged. We not, why are we not being accepted? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's a different kind of tale. Whereas because, by the time Rambo comes around in 85, it's we're c- kicking butt and taking names. Right. It is very... Shoot those so commies. Is, right. It shoot the commies. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, it, it's very finished, much getting we, back. We were just finishing up a Cold War. Uh, not not yet. We were still in the middle yeah. of it. We were, we were still in the middle of it. It, it was still a few years at, away. Yeah, 83 but. was probably its height. Yeah. This is when the drop-off letter got written. And, Ra- yeah, I mean, uh, Rambo, yeah, I mean, Rambo's Rambo was a, a pushback. Is, yeah. It is, is a Cold War document, but that, yeah, it contributed to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in, in, in certain ways, yeah. uh, whereas other movies like The Day After commit com- mm-hmm. contributed to that as well in a very far darker yeah. way yes. as well. So, so it's all of the above. So the the whole idea though that that we turn more introspective and deep comes at a time when we are affl- not necessarily affluent but when things are going well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better things are going much better than they were just five years earlier. Right. Yeah. And it's recognized yeah, but only when so. it's done in a way that is not tearing everything down. Yeah. Because you can be introspective without tearing things down. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. When, you're, when you're doing it when you're tearing things down, that's when you have have a disconnect between the people who are making those movies, writing those stories, and real bad times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great place to finish. I'm going to forgo the, the point I was going to make about his relationship with his actors. But generally, just to say... Hey, lots of actors like working with him. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and he had his hey. own his own peeps too. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Joffrey Lewis and several others guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but even Tim Robbins, mm-hmm. someone who personality, you know, political, yeah, is yeah. very different from Clint. Yeah, loved working with him. Absolutely, because you know, he's a, he he's... respected the actors, mm-hmm. treated them well, treated them as equals, and and you know. Gave them success. Yeah, they, they, they were had, all working together. They had great yeah. movies. I mean, people. Some some actors, their triumphs are mm-hmm. working with with Clint. Um, but this has been which is a Madison County. 
I mean, this is a bit uh, of yeah. terrific episode. We didn't talk uh, about that one. I, Hour and 49 minutes. <laughs> we, we didn't even plan it out too much, and we just rolled with it. Well, so. I knew this one here would be very fruitful. I knew so it was yeah, awesome. a lot for us to work this was This was very good, yeah. yeah Agent, uh, uh, awesome to have you on by uh, uh, the technology here. The, the task cam came to our rescue to have Cajun on. It was awesome stuff. Yeah, it's ab- absolutely sp- oh, yeah. adaptable item that we yeah. have. Splendiferous. Yeah, it really we really do need to to work though, and we have people who are not in the room making sure they have space to talk. Yes, yep, it's hard. It's hard. Yep. It, it, yeah, it is. So, anyways, Francis, what's next, buddy? We're going code of honor next time oh. here. And actually, Martin, you should you should you groan there, but you're the one who has not told us what the quote is. No, he didn't no, groan. He was it was a satisfaction. Oh, is that what uh, that was? Okay, code of I honors. thought it might have been indigestion there for no, a second. No, 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 no. But yeah, we're gonna do a code of honor, mm-hmm. and this here is completely cold. Martin is just it. the way I did it last time. Yeah. I think it worked Martin out great kept being it cold. Completely. Yes. Uh, uh, we didn't preempt anything. We didn't prep anything. We're just going to jump right in, dive in at the deep end. We're going to see whatever the heck he's going to have ready for us, but we know it's going to be awesome. Yep. Be here. We hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes drop every second and fourth Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern, just in time for your morning commute. And every fifth Friday, we drop a special Hoopajube episode. Spread the word we are on all the major platforms and leave us a review. That helps others find us. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. Join us next time. Same snake time, same otter channel. <laughs>